Hello, hello, everybody. Today, I'm bringing on my good friend, DJ ASC, who I just call a Johnny. Yeah, I mean, oh, I'm with this a Johnny. Just call me a Johnny, AJ, whatever works for you. But yeah, I do go by DJ ASC to Yes, you. sir. Yes, sir. How we feeling today? Oh, man, blessed, man. Another day. I love to hear that, bro. So, shit, we about to be seniors, bro. We about to be seniors. How do you feel about that? I mean, I remember driving up to Drew Hall with two cars full of stuff, <sighs> just wondering how I'm going to get through the school and, you know, what's ahead. And I would have never guessed this. So, man, it's, it's happened so fast. People say that, but it really happened so quickly. I, I remember just moving in, like, yesterday, and now we're about to be out the door. Bro, I swear to God, I was just walking around Charles today. And I seen like an old dude who was like moving his daughter in. Yeah. And I told him I was about to be a senior. And he told, he asked me when I was graduating. I said twenty three, yeah. and I was like, I'm I'm about to be a senior, but I I don't feel like it. Yeah. I don't feel like it. Yeah. COVID COVID is, is a lot to blame for that. You know, like we missed out on such a pivotal time of uh of school, of being you know in the DC area and the right. DMV. And, you know, really just understanding like the first year we kind of got our feet wet with you know how things are gonna kind of go. But, you know, our spring semester was cut short. And then, you know, we spent that that prime year of really fully understanding college as a whole at home. So I feel like it feels like you kind of just started over again. Right. And now we're about to be done. So it's kind of just like a bittersweet thing, you know. Right. That was one of the things that was kind of hard for me at first. Just coming back into school, getting in the rhythm of it again. Because for me, freshman year, I've always been like a social person, but... Due to other things, I was kind of in more of a shell freshman year, like first half. And then second semester, I really started becoming myself. Mm-hmm. I became comfortable at Howard. Mm-hmm. And then and then COVID happened. Yeah. So it kind of it cut things off. And then COVID, so come back, have to readjust. It mm-hmm. feels weird being around all these black people again. Because yeah. back home, I'm not I'm not used to that as much. I feel you. And people our age. Because back home, I'm not going to lie, I think around a lot of older people. Yeah. Just because my family's kind of older. And my job, just a lot of older black people was in my store. Yeah. So it's just like, it's a really big adjustment, bro. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to grow around majority of uh, black people, especially right here in, in the DMV area. Um, so I have I really feel at home, you know. It feels like, um, yeah, it just feels like a home. I, I There's no way to put it. Um I feel like for me, I was always an outgoing person. Right. Um, and finally moving out to the Bay myself, realizing having a huge culture shock um, from everything I've ever known, you know, because out here it's really, a, you know, everyone's to themselves, mind their business, and, right. you know, you get to point A to point B, and that's it. Um, and out west, you know, it's really like people will stop and talk to you or, you know, ask you how your day is going randomly you've never met before. Like, right. it's it's crazy. It's different. And I was kind of like, at first, it was like, why are you talking to me? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know you. But then, you know, you kind of just have to realize where are you and everything that you think you know, you no longer, you know, right. you don't know anything. It's different, bro. It's a completely different walk of life. And it's really actually helped me become a better extrovert in the process, mm. understanding how to be more outgoing and to be more receptive of um, unfamiliar, like, you know, people and energies and stuff of that nature. So, you know, to bring it all back to, to, to you know, us being seniors now, it's like I'm finally in a position where I'm going into a school year ready to execute on what I need to do and how to maneuver through the university, you know, to the best of my abilities to either get things done or make things happen. 
and you know, etc. Bro, I feel that this summer I feel like a sense of I need to get my shit together. Yeah. And I've been doing that. Just I just subconsciously it's like, all right, things are getting serious now. I need to I actually start putting in work on my goals and realizing what I want to do in my life. Yeah. And I just had a lot of clarity, like I told you before the podcast, just trying to fix small things in my life so I can become the best version of myself. Absolutely. And and I think it's because we're we're trying to work slowly entering that next phase. Mm-hmm. I remember like going into senior year of high school, it was kind of the same thing, but but for that level, I felt right. like when I was going into senior year, I needed to be starting to become more of a leader in my mm-hmm. school community. And I think now, as I go into senior year of college, I, be, I need to become more of a leader in the world. Absolutely. Because that's, that's what we're transitioning towards. But for those who don't know, Johnny moved to, you moved to the Bay two years ago? Two years ago. Uh, it was October of 2020. So at the, yeah, in freshman year, so... Damn, October is so like so. So you moved in the middle of first semester. So yeah. So as soon as COVID was picking up. Wait, not October twenty twenty. You mean October twenty nineteen? Sorry, twenty nineteen. Yeah. Yes, that's when we moved out to the Bay. I was still here, but you know they moved out there. Right. I officially got out there spring break for uh, twenty twenty. That's when you hit me up. Yeah, exactly during during prime COVID right there. So it was a it was a beautiful thing because I've always wanted to live in the West Coast. Right. But I got there at such an awkward time where, okay, I'm here now, but now no one's outside, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. inside. So, like, mentally, it did take a toll on me. Right. Um, because I'm an extrovert, right? Mm-hmm. So now I'm forced in this, like, introverted, um, you know, mindset now where it's like I can't really reach out to anybody because I don't really know too many people out right. there. Um, you know, I love my family, but, you know, you can only do so much yeah. with family. Yeah, you know? that shit gets boring. It's sometimes, you know, you want to go just i don't know explore in this new world essentially mm-hmm, you know right. the bay is such a, a different world like different it's it, compared to out here all, all i've known is like you know suburban like city life basically mm-hmm. in dmv and then all this nature and then all this like nature mixed with oceans and mixed with like city life it's, too. it's different and, like, it's, it's different. like so it's like four different places um in the world and, and all wrapped into one and wanting to explore that mm-hmm but with people that, you know, are a little closer to me in age. Like, I love my brother, but my brother's only nine years old. There's only so much we can really exactly. bond with and talk over um, at nine. So, that, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, bro, I think I remember you hit me up when I was going on a plane back home yeah. to, uh, because COVID. Yeah. And because it was spring break. So, I was going home anyway because yeah. I was going home for spring break. Right. But then COVID, so I was like, okay, I packed before thinking I'm not coming back. Mm-hmm. And then I think we played like a we played a game of two K. Yeah, like a game of two K. I'm pretty like sure I beat you. Mm, I don't remember. That's I, I, I'm pretty sure I beat you. Damn, bro. Do you think being in the Bay has changed you? Um, or do you think you feel like you're the same person? I feel like if I spent a little bit more time out there, it would have. Um, like, like occasionally, hella would creep into my yes, vocabulary sir. here and there. Um, that you know. I really had like a, a, a welcome to Oakland moment. I feel like I when mean, I feel like everybody that I talked to that has moved out there to the Bay has had a come welcome to Oakland moment. Mm-hmm. Um, before I talk about myself, my uncle actually um, he came to visit um, during COVID, and uh, we had went to San Francisco because uh, we went to the Supreme store, right and. He was like, okay, now I'm going to grab lunch in Oakland. And 
I should have I should have been the better one to tell him, yo, go straight home, take all that stuff out your car, oh, and then God. go to Oakland. So he takes his rental car straight from San Francisco to Oakland, parks his car before he even makes his reservation, bash his windshield, Damn. take everything out the car, oh. and gone. And that was his welcome to Oakland moment. For me, it was Juneteenth. Um, when they shot up Lake Merritt. Ah, Juneteenth, twenty twenty one. Yeah, that was my welcome to Oakland. Bro, you was there? Yeah, I was there. I was I, I was walking to um, meet up with uh, a few Howard people. Swear who? Yeah, uh, Chica. I think, oh wow! I think Estelle was out there too. Damn. I was coming to like you know say what's up, check in. I was literally walking there like I had to park stupid far because mm-hmm. you know there's no parking over there. So I'm walking stupid far to get there, and boom, like they start shooting That's up crazy. things off the dirt bikes and stuff like that, and yeah, it was a crazy time. So I had my welcome to Oakland moment. So it made me a lot more aware of my surroundings, you know. I thought mm-hmm. because you know the way they talk about Oakland, um, all, I, all I knew about Oakland was a little childish Gambino song, uh, Oakland Telegraph Avenue or something like that. Uh. So I was like, oh, Oakland sounds like a cool little vibe. I mean, it is, but yeah, you know. but it's also a hood too. So it was just like you know, depending on where you are, yeah. I thought Lake Mary was like a chill spot where I didn't have to worry about getting, uh, but you know, I mean, it can be, but when you have a lot of people together, yeah, it can, yeah. And yeah, I don't know, it's crazy because I wasn't even at Lake Mary for Juneteenth, I yeah. was at fucking work. <laughs> I, I, I was at work, I was, yeah. I was, they were celebrating Juneteenth outside of my job because mm-hmm. my job was in a black neighborhood in the uh, Fillmore, San Francisco, okay. So I was still got. Some of the feel, it was a pretty festive day at work. It was pretty chill. I didn't regret anything. Yeah. But all, all my friends were at Lake Merritt. Mm-hmm. And it, although I wasn't there, I feel like I was because mm-hmm. they all telling me what happened. Yeah, updating you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, damn, I heard my, my homie, they was running. Yeah, people were running. I'm like, bro. I kind of just like, when I heard this, because they were fireworks going off at the same time, like the fireworks led into the gunshots. So it was kind of like a, uh, okay, fireworks. And then, you know, I, bullets don't really echo like that. They're kind of just like, Mm-hmm. So like when you when you when you start to differentiate the sounds, kind of just like, oh shit! So then you see the screaming and the, the running and the opposite. Like people, it was it was so weird because the flow of traffic was running, like was walking away like with me like mm-hmm. towards um whatever direction I was walking in. I look down at my phone. I look up. Everybody is now flipped reverse uh, running at me, and I'm just like, oh, What shit. just happened, bro? And I just dropped immediately because every that's what everybody did around me to kind of just drop. And I never forget it was like this old this OG sitting there grilling, like, like nothing's happening. Oh like, my god, boy, I was just standing up flipping burgers on, on this little grill. He was just like, Man, this is just regular, you know, whatever. It's like, OG is just used to that, you know. so yeah, I had my welcome to Oakland moment, and I feel like it's made me a lot more, you know, aware of my surroundings. Um, growing up here, it was kind of the same thing of, you know, always being aware because a lot of people do get robbed and stuff like that. Like stuff happens here. Yeah. But here, you don't really get shot at here. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I know uh, talking to you and talking to a few other people was just like in the Bay, just like oh, parties getting shot up or things getting shot up was yeah. a norm. Like it's just like oh yeah, like it's bound to get shot up at yeah. a certain point. Yeah, it kind of happens. Yeah, but out here like that doesn't really happen as much. Maybe a fighter breakout or something like that, but like guns not really. So it it definitely has upped my sense of like awareness of right. my surroundings at all times, which is a good thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what do you think your favorite city in the Bay is? Favorite city in the Bay. Gotta be, oh man, where do I spend most of my time, really? Um, 
In the Bay, in the Bay, in the Bay. You be in San Francisco a lot. I, I, I do end up in San Francisco a lot. Um, I really like Berkeley, too. I know Berkeley. it sounds crazy, but <laughs> it's not. I went to high school in Berkeley. It's very nice over there. Berkeley Berkeley's always just a, a, a calm, like, you know, vibe out it there. It is. It's very calm. And as much as I love San Francisco, the, the commute to San Francisco yeah, I know. is it's, a beast. It's, it's far as hell from you. Yeah, and getting on that, um, getting on the... Uh, the Bay, the Bay Bridge is in the traffic on there, and the toll is insane. Yeah, bro, it goes up every year. It's crazy. It's disgusting. So, I mean, as much as I love going into, you know, San Francisco, I feel like Berkeley's that ground where I can stay on my side of the exactly. Bay, get a calm vibe, and get something to eat, walk around a little bit, and, you know, everything's cool. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I mean, I know you're in San I'm, Francisco. I'm from, I'm from the Bay, so yeah. it's like... I can't really say a favorite city, but, but if I do say a favorite city, I'll probably say my city, San Francisco, mm-hmm. just because I didn't live, I haven't lived in SF my whole life, yeah. but I feel like I always find new, beautiful things when I'm, Absolutely. when I'm there, like during spring break when I was doing Instacart, you yeah. know, I, I found so many beautiful places, beautiful yeah. houses that I would never have gone to, mm-hmm. just beautiful, very beautiful things. Like, driving around the city makes me very happy, Yeah, makes me very happy compared to when I'm in other I'm in other cities. I have like a sense of comfortability mm-hmm. in there because although I didn't live there my whole life, my my family is from there, so I was always yeah. at my grandparents' house and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Just an F, F, a sense of just good, good overall feelings and stuff like that. So it definitely, I'll probably say San Francisco. San Francisco. But I mean, there's something to do. There's always something to do in the Bay Area, bro. That's, and that's what I love about always it. Always things to do. Absolutely. Like wait, and there's one thing you talking about the traffic, bro. Yeah. That's another reason why I don't really go to the East Bay. As much mm-hmm. as I used to, yeah. Because all my homies live in the East Bay. I went to high school. Every school I went to in the Bay Area was in Oakland and Berkeley. Mm-hmm. So everybody I know is from mm-hmm. there. Yeah. But I don't like going as much because from the hours of one to seven, <laughs> it takes an yeah. hour to get there. Yep, an hour, just about a, a calm hour, fifty minutes. Yes, and I hate that shit. Yeah. I hate sitting on third for fifty minutes. Yep, sounds about right. And then, but the thing about it is, by like. It's so scenic at the same time. Right. Like, sometimes I, I, it's it's new to me, so I don't. Sometimes I don't really mind sitting in traffic because I don't know. Out here is just trees and and, and just trees and you know nature. But like right. out there, it's like you know, depending on where you are, like it, it's just different. Like you if can see a lot of nice. Exactly. Shit. Like if you're going into um, San Francisco, you can see like. The bay from like the top of uh, the Oakland tunnels. Uh, that's what they call them, the Oakland tunnels. You like, talking about you talking about the um, the the Caldecott tunnel. Yeah, yeah. So, when you talking about going like, going in the Concord direction, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you just see like you can see like the bay a little bit. Like it, it's you get it scenic as well as you know. So I don't really mind too much. And I always tell people here that San Francisco is so it's so beautiful, and I'm from there, so I don't I look at it differently, but. I, when I think of Howard people, a lot of people here from the East Coast, mm-hmm. they probably look at me crazy when I tell them I'm from San Francisco. Because yeah. that's them as furthest as you can go from D.C. Absolutely, yeah. It's cross country. That's, it's a that different vibe. Sense. And I tell people, compared to other cities, SF kind of looks like kind of an international city just because it looks very different yeah. from a lot of cities in the country. You know, like New York, um, Chicago has like the same like really, really tall buildings type yeah. of type of urban scene. Not saying the cities aren't different, but San Francisco has that same type of stuff, but yeah. 
like another layer of um of beauty mm-hmm. just because the highways don't really run through our city like that right. and that's purposeful to, to, to keep the beauty mm-hmm. but so it's kind of harder to navigate places it takes a little longer to get through the city yeah absolutely but you know it's it's all a trade-off bro yeah like far as culture wise i feel like dc is fine because we're a big tourist state you know a lot of every like everything regarding you know politics and you know museums and mm-hmm. like so much rich history is in the is in dc right so we, i do, do see a lot of different cultures here and i feel like there's a little you know melting pot as far as culture wise but like beauty wise i just feel like it's getting there but it's not quite there yet like right. the dmv i i grew up in was very like um, poverty, not driven, but like it was, just, it was a lot of it looked really bad. Like the crack, like the crack epidemic hit the DMV really hard. Right. So, like you know, a lot of neighborhoods with like horrible conditions. Like it's times you didn't even really want to go into the city unless you had to. Right. And now you know, over time, it's it's growing and it's healing and it's recovering. Mm-hmm. Um, it's becoming a more place that you actually want to hang out with, like. I chose to stay in DC this summer as opposed to go to San Francisco because mm-hmm. it's actually a place that I don't mind walking around either, right. at, you know, during the day and at night as well. Like, yeah. you know, granted, you know, stuff always going to happen, but it's it's a lot more visually appealing now right. compared to what it was. And that's the growth that DC's headed into. So, um, I did say, I, I won't lie, like, if they put Howard in, like, San Francisco, that would be like, you know, that that would be that extremely would, that wild. That would be a beautiful thing. Oh my god, that would be crazy. Like West Coast HBCUs would be oh insane. But people would flock to those. Yes, flock absolutely. But that means tuition would be through the roof as well because people, everybody's gonna want to go to HBC on the West Coast. Yeah, I kind of want to start that an institution. An institution for. And and people gonna say shit like, "Oh, why are you starting an all black institution?" I'm like, I don't care. Like. I don't care. We need that. I don't care. We need that. Like, all, all the things that 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 white America has done to our people. Absolutely. Like, I'm, we, I'm going to take the initiative to teach my people mm-hmm. on the West Coast. A lot of a lot of California kids don't consider HBCUs as much because mm-hmm. they're so far. Yeah. That's why you see a, you see a lot of Texas people who go to HBCU because it's closer. Just a lot of people mm-hmm. from the more eastern part of the United States go to those schools because it's closer but california we have so many schools mm-hmm. so many ucs state schools yes, yeah and you have schools in oregon mm-hmm. arizona portland i see a lot of kids go to school yeah too. it's a lot of us who go to just stay on the west coast absolutely that's what i was gonna do if i didn't go to howard go stay in the west coast and tuition is in-state tuition in california is so nice like bro when i was looking at even ucla yes. like there's like fourteen thousand. i was like are you serious? I know. In state, fourteen thousand. I'm paying forty thousand, and I can be at UCLA. And you know, I love my HBCU, but UCLA is a much better ca- like. Uh, you know, yeah. it's a beautiful campus. Berkeley is a beautiful campus. Like, I'm kind. Of, Berkeley is. I don't know. I'm. Berkeley is beautiful, but yeah, I'm so used to that area. Oh well, so yeah. I'm kind of. It's, yeah, like, uh, it's okay. Uh, to it's you. like it's cool. Well, but to me, I know. Yeah. All I know is Howard. <laughs> Exactly. You know, it's just like you see uh, what a university is supposed to look like. Like to me, I, I feel I tell people all the time, like it looks like I go to a college. It, Berkeley looks like a university. Well, you know I, what I'm saying? I felt like that when I was at Georgetown a few days ago. Exactly. I yeah. felt like I was a part of me wanted just just a little part of me wanted that experience just of 
feeling like a college mm-hmm. student at an actual college, like a big college. I'm not walking to the same spots all the time. Yeah. When I'm at Howard, I'm walking the same trail to Blackburn, yeah, same trail, the yeah. same trail to Founders, yeah. the same the same set of trail to. I don't know, HSO, it's all the same. Right, right. You know, I don't have to walk around. I'm not saying I don't love my HBCU, because I do. Yeah. And I feel like coming here was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Mm-hmm. That's because just the the network of people that I've made. Oh, man. But also the ability to hone in on what I actually like yeah. for for my people. Right. That's, that's what I love. That's what, even when we was in quarantine, just me being at Howard, not even being at Howard, it just made me feel like I had a sense of, sense of purpose and duty to my to my people, people. Just, just just to teach because I know shit and mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta let people know yeah a lot of a lot of people who are impoverished are just a thought away from changing their lives or people who are who are disadvantaged they're a thought away mm-hmm. they thought away so I feel like it's my duty to to put that at least plant that seed absolutely everybody's not gonna want to listen mm-hmm. well, you gotta plant that seed just a little bit yeah and someone that always told me is just like if you can help one person Right. There you go. You that shit keeps me going. Whenever somebody comments on like our YouTube or our Instagram saying like good work, keep it up, you guys are really making a difference, that stuff makes me want to keep going. Because I know, I know I'm impacting people. Or even when my friends, like people who are younger than me, swipe on me like, Man, this is really good advice. It yeah. makes me it makes me wanna okay, like what I'm doing is actually working. I need to keep going. Mm-hmm. I need to stay consistent with it. Yeah. I just need to, I need to improve. Like you see you come in here, you see me reading. Yeah. Because I feel kind of pressure on myself. <laughs> like I need to I need to be not cuz I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it, but I also feel like a little bit of pressure, you know. Absolutely. And I mean, just have fun with what you do. Enjoy the process of what you do. And I do. That's why yeah. I do it. I love I love learning. Mm-hmm. I love learning and and teaching others and talking to people. That's why that's why I do what I do. So, was what was the push for the podcast? What what was your moment where you're like, I gotta make a podcast? Well, it kind of just happened naturally, bro. Mm-hmm. Man, so during quarantine, I was growing a lot. I was making really substantial changes in my life. Yeah. And I was talking to my friend Michael, I'm the co-host. Um, every we all me well, we've always been homies since like first grade. Yeah. But we was talking a lot during quarantine, just because you know. There's not really anything else to do. Yeah. I wouldn't consider myself a FaceTime type of dude. But during quarantine, I definitely was, especially talking to Michael. And we've, we've always had interesting, good conversations. Yeah. So we started, we went live on our Spam accounts. And we were just talking. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people liked it. A lot of people liked it. So we was like, okay, let's, um, let's just start a podcast and talk about what we think on our podcast. And that's really how it started. It was very, very organic. It yeah. wasn't, it wasn't like a forced thing like a lot of podcasts are. It's mm-hmm. like... We didn't come together to make a podcast. The podcast was there because we were already together. Right. Like I think that's where a lot of podcasts fail mm-hmm. is when people come together to make a podcast mm-hmm. because there's not as much passion with it. Right. There's there's no passion. Me and Michael, there's passion. Right. Even if we don't drop for a month, we we still understand what our goal is and we're we're gonna reach it because a lot of podcasts will stop I, after like two months. It's like oh, okay, yeah, I stopped. I'm not gonna keep going. Most podcasts fail. Yeah, most of them fail. There are so many podcasts on Apple Music, Spotify that that have one episode and they're done. Mm-hmm. You know, but for me and Michael, it's a very it's very centered towards teaching the community, especially because me and Michael both care a lot about Black empowerment mm-hmm. and the advancement of our people. So that's really what we want to bring forth the most. But we also can talk to people at, like, on some about some regular shit or just about all types of aspects of life. So we bring that too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very, we consider ourselves a more, a very multifaceted podcast. Dope. You know, and that's just, um, 
just a passion for me, bro. But I had a question for you. How do you think um, quarantine shaped shaped your experience coming into junior year? Um, it when I, I know I touched on it earlier when I talked about it, you know, coming back being a, a bittersweet moment. Uh, and it's, it kind of was just, that's the only phrase I can think of to really define that. Quarantine really kind of put time in perspective for me. Like four years is a very short time. Right. Um, I remember a running joke that was going on. It was just, we've only been on the campus for a semester and a half. And it was just like, the freshmen going to be asking us, you know, where's this building? Where's that building? And we don't even know our damn self. You know what and I'm saying? Like, bro, I don't know. <laughs> I, they ask me all these questions about, um, what about this class? I'm like, bro, I take that class online. Yeah, bro. I, I don't. I, I, I don't know that you. teacher. Absolutely. I don't actually know them. I, exactly. And that quarantine really put things into perspective for me. I found myself um, saying, what do I want to be and how can I become it? in such a short amount of time because the semester flies by i know it's like 18 weeks but those those weeks it flies it flies especially second semester second semester, second semester i woke up and it was just like oh yeah finals are next week and right like, huh like i i just i just got my syllabus signed back and in march and they talking about finals in a few weeks yeah, yeah ready i'm like bro i just got back to spring I, yeah so it's it so uh, when i left to go back to California, I wanted a Howard Hustle. Like I saw, mm-hmm. you know, everybody, you know, doing something. Either she did hair, or you know, he sold food, or whatever. Everybody had their own little, you know, niche or their own little way of just, um, you know, hustling and grinding. And I was just like, man, I want that. I just felt myself. Um, and no, and this is not a bad thing, but just being a student, like, I wanted more than that. Like, how how can I make an impact on my institution? Or how can I leave? You know, you know. Of course, from my aspect, I'm a DJ, so you know, you're here today and gone tomorrow. Like the next DJ will come, and the next DJ will come. Right. But as far as my class is concerned, how can we impact? You know, regarding, um, you know, my class or the classes that were here while I was here. Yeah. So you know, I picked up DJing, and you know, I was like, okay, well, let, let's let's give this a try. I usually I have a bad habit of picking stuff up. Like I'm a, I'm a visionary. I can. I can have a lot of great ideas, but executing them and being consistent with them has always been like a struggle for me. Right. So, and, and you're not alone with that, bro. Yeah. Just oh you're man. Yeah. That, so I, um, yeah. So I was like, you know what? No matter how bad I suck now in the beginning. Wait, I'm, wait. Okay. So before you started DJing, did you have prior experience with it, or did you no. just went using straight? So let me just try. I originally started off producing uh, in high in the high school. Uh, a few of my buddies in high school. Uh, we kind of all picked up producing around the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my buddies who was really good, he, he stuck with it for a minute and then he stopped. I kind of, I was in the process of transferring um, in that mental shift between, okay, I'm in high school now, I've got to get ready for college. So I was, you know, SAT prep, all that other stuff, trying to, so I didn't really have time to really sit there and lock in. Right. But then, now that I'm DJing a lot, I'm I'm realizing that if you're if it was really meant for you, you would have stuck find a way to you know carve out an extra thirty minutes or forty five mm-hmm. minutes to like make a beat or you know get a sound pack or whatever. Right. But uh, nonetheless, like I I just stuck with it. Like I I just stuck with it, and I'm here today, um, primarily due to you know I have my boy uh, KD. He's another DJ at, at Howard. 
and you know he kind of gave me opened the first door for me and was just like hey this is a group they had this party freshman week sink or swim right my own floor for four hours like it is your party on this floor sink or swim and this is your first time DJing. my first time djing in front of anybody ever before quarantine and i tell you i was so nervous like yo there was like i was shaking like in my room and i never i think i only told uh, like my closest friends know this story so actually an hour before the party my my first party ever half of like my song files corrupted like half of my because i don't stream it i download everything right so how they corrupt is like if you download them off of like a a shaky um a shaky like youtube converter they'll actually corrupt after a certain amount of time Mm -hmm. the file just isn't good or whatever so i panicked so bad like i opened up my software half of these songs just either like cut out after the first 30 seconds or they weren't there at all Jeez. and i was just panicking like oh my like what do i do so I, I i get as much as i can i was like chocolate up to god and i'm just like god gonna pull me through this mm-hmm. or whatever so long story short the party ends up you know going fine like everybody loves it um but it was just that feeling of like a feeling of seeing people's you know reactions to you know transitions or songs or whatever was a was a like a euphoric feeling that i feel like like just motivated me to keep going like this 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 is what i'm going to do right and even though it's not my end goal like i don't want to dj forever like it's a passion of mine right um but that feeling is every time i dj i get that same feeling so yeah, I definitely wanted to come back with the Howard Hustle, and I found my lane, I found my avenue. And to anybody who's, who who listens to this and who's searching for it, like, just keep keep trying stuff. Like, I always just enjoy parties and stuff like that, or I enjoy it. Find what you enjoy and see how you can execute it in a way that, you know, will motivate you to, you know, will motivate you to just become better at it or right. just, you know... Stop being so much of the consumer and become the producer. Bro, right? that's exactly how I be feeling when it comes to this podcast, bro. Absolutely. Like, I've been thinking just of ways that I can take advantage of my talents mm-hmm. and bring them onto my podcast. Right. You got to find what you got to find what you're good at. And not only do you have to find what you're good at, you got to remember what you're good at. Because a lot mm. of times we undersell ourselves. Absolutely. We undersell our talents and gifts. We be like, nah, he... Nah, he, he can do the same thing I can do. I'm not that special. Absolutely. And we do that too much. When it, like you know, we all have some type of gift. There's mm-hmm. something that we're all good at. But a lot of time we get caught up in going, comparing ourselves the traditional right. route. You mm-hmm. know, going playing it safe. You know, we, yeah. we compare ourselves. We don't we don't actually chase our dreams. Yeah. And we don't act in a lot of in chasing dreams. You know, people can look at that however you want, but you can realistically chase your dreams, bro. You gotta put the you gotta put the work in. It have a plan. You have a, a plan. Thing. Put the work in. Just have a vision. Absolutely, a vision to execute that shit. And I, I say this. I know, like it's, it's around social media, but just like if if your dreams don't scare you, like if you don't like if you're if your dreams not if your dreams not scaring you at night, if you like not working as hard as you can, if you're not thinking like, oh man, like this dream sounds crazy. Your dream's not big enough. Like if your dream is not like keeping you up at night. Oh, how I'm gonna get to it? How I'm gonna get? To, how do I get better? How do I get better? you're not dreaming big enough and so just find like whatever you're passionate about whether you know if it seems like you can't really 
monetize it at first or you know how am i going to make a living off of it find a way to make like we're in 2022 there's a way to make money off of anything right and you just have to just stick with it and just find it like um stick yeah just stick through Bro, it, man. it i feel you my dreams scare me it's scary because you think about it when you get to the top you're like what do i do now absolutely. how am i gonna handle being at the top absolutely because like bro it's it can be kind of scary when you have i don't know a lot of people looking at you expecting you to do something mm-hmm. it can be kind of nervous absolutely. but you got to remember when you're there i'm here for a reason absolutely and people I, are listening to me for a reason exactly and i'll put it like this my parents are very successful civil engineers and now the rest of my because my family is like kind of like the standard as far as like my family tree goes it's mm-hmm. like the earth so they're looking down at me they're like how you gonna top this like you know my parents make a, a great amount of money and you know they're very successful and they're a very you know loving couple and stuff like that like like they're like a, they're the gold standard as far as our family goes and they're kind of just looking down at me like how the hell are you gonna top this, right? So it, it, it's nerve wracking with this. Like, hey, how do you, you do you think that's why you're a bio major? Um, I know, and as much as we talk about the safe route, I feel like um, you know, this sounds crazy. Becoming a doctor is the safe route for me. Um, like I'm more of a creative person, so I guess I am a bio major because like my family is like looking to me like. Right. Um, yeah, you go, you go top these two civil engineers. What you gonna do? Like, how you gonna beat that? So, yeah, that's kind of why I'm, I'm a bio major, but personally, I'm more of a creative. Exactly. Um, as far as like, you know, DJing or like, I, I didn't tell anybody this, but I'm about to like start making like, like content, like YouTube content that's or, fire. you know, like TikTok content and stuff like that. Um, cause that's just how my brain works. Like, I'm like, I'm a natural creative. Um, but just finding a way to make it all work, you know? Like exactly. Finding a way. Like, I feel like the biology stuff and becoming a doctor will be able to fund my creative life until my creative life can, can take over for exactly. me. Um, and that's just how I how I view it. I'm just like, you know, once I become a doctor, that will start to fund my creative side. And hopefully my creative side will take over so I don't have to be, you know... Exactly. You have to be a doctor I don't have anymore. to be a doctor anymore. I can, you know, make content and do what I, you know love to do but i have to you know support myself to get to that point exactly and that's how i that's how i see it bro that's that's real shit bro it's, it can be kind of scary when you know it's not guaranteed yeah absolutely it's not guaranteed what was what was okay which party was that was the first party you did? the first party i did it was i just actually drove i actually rode past it today i was at ultra bar ultra bar was my first ever what party. was the name of the party you remember um no I no idea. I have no idea what the name of that party was. But I do remember it was at Ultra Bar, it was three floors. I, oh, I, I know. Man, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think it was um like freshman week or something mm-hmm. like that. Um I, I if I look hard enough I can find the flyer, but yeah, I can't I can't think of it off the top of my head. But that party changed my Howard experience. And that's what I meant to touch on. I didn't touch on it earlier. But I'll tell I'll tell people who are listening this gym right here. There are two sides to every university. There's the traditional student side, and then there's behind the scenes. The behind the scenes side opens so many doors and so many opportunities. Um, like, you know, everybody loves to go to Spring Fest. Everybody loves to go to these events. But once you're behind the scenes, you really get a sense and really help dictate how things are presented to you, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, um, I know some of my friends got to, like, you know, 
um, be backstage at Broccoli City because of the connections they made with like people behind the scenes. Wow. Or like, you know, um, for example, I'm a DJ, so, you know, who gets to do certain events? Like, who who's on the lineup? It's all because you're being behind the scenes mm-hmm. and stuff. And you get to see how the university works, which, like, we'll touch on in a second regarding the right. culture, but it's all a matter of putting yourself in positions to make changes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And once you're behind the scenes, you can really start to make those changes and create the university you want to see. Exactly. Um, so if you can, however means, whether it's in your school, whether it's in, you know, your department or whatever, like whatever you, lane you are at Howard University, because it's a lane for everybody, find a way to get behind the scenes. Find a way to be in those rooms where they're making decisions that impact not only you, but your class and your university as a whole, because that will change your whole Howard experience. Like getting in those doors, getting in those rooms, making those connections will set you up so far. Like, for example, I know even if do- being a doctor doesn't work out, I'm guaranteed a job. I'm guaranteed a career because of the connections I was able to make right. behind the scenes. So find a way to get behind the scenes and really establish connections with people who can really impact and shape your Howard experience in a way that, you know, will leave you feeling satisfied and fulfilled. So, yeah, that's a little gem I have. Man, you got me thinking right now. I, I need to get behind the scenes more. Yeah. I, I think I haven't... Um, I think it's also because of COVID a little bit. Mm-hmm. COVID kind of kind of stunned my growth a little bit. I had to get back into the groove of things. Absolutely. But I think going to the senior year, I really want to... I want to make more of an impact uh, at, at school. And, you know, I, I'm willing to help you out with... You know, I, I know you want to you get the student section jumping and yeah, shit like that. Yeah, I'll touch on that too, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I know you... And I want to I wanna be a part of that. Because I know Absolutely. for me in high school... I was so hype at the game. <laughs> and going to the Howard games, it was fun, bro. Yeah. It was fun as hell. But it didn't start off like that. It didn't. And, um, like, I, re- I remember going to games, and it was dead silent. Dead. Like, your home team's playing. No personalities. No personalities. There, People shooting Soulless. free throws. And it's just silent. Like, and... I guess we'll get into it now as far as, you know, the culture aspect of the university. It it really was on full display for me when um, we played, what was what school did we play? Not Notre Dame. Who did we play? I thought we played some, I think we did play, who did we play? I think we played Notre Dame or some big school, like some big D, some big D1 school. Not the no, because that was a home game. We had a, um, we had a home game, uh... Let's see. Against a big school. I yeah, 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 yeah. We played Notre Dame here, right? Yeah. Let me see. Yeah, we played Notre Dame at home. Big TV game was on Fox, FS1. Like it was a televised game, and the Notre Dame team was louder than we were, and they were on the road with one bus. They were louder than us in our own, and we didn't even start cheering until the game was close, until with like thirty seconds left. And that moment was, like, so embarrassing on a public stage. Like, we can't even represent our university. We're too focused on, you know, looking cool or, you know, or nobody wants to be the first person to do it. Man, and, oh, we, yeah, we can definitely talk Yeah, that. nobody wants to be the first person, and it, everything is corny until, until it isn't. Like, where did my, my man KD, like, he told, like, he was telling me that. But, like, shit, shit is corny till it ain't, right? That's, that's um, Like, I remember pitching the student section to other people and they were just like yeah that's not gonna work like 
No one's gonna want to do that. Or Are you for real? Yeah, people, people said people, that to you. People were like, "Yeah, that's bro." Shit. When you told me about that, I'm like, "Bro, that would be fire." Yeah, it, it's like I said, they're not visionaries, bro. They they don't see the they're vision. I told you, I'm a, I'm a visionary. Like I really have a lot of ideas, and I'm working right. I'm working on myself. It's just putting things into motion. And the student section was like my first big like project, um, visionary project. So I really you know, honed in and tapped into everybody I knew to see, you know, how we can make that work. But yeah, at first people were telling me, you know, no, it's not going to work. Mm, no, it, we don't need that. Um, yeah, that, that doesn't mean anything. Did they say why? Yeah, they were just like, well, they were saying it, it, was, it was a lot of, um, we need to be focused on, like, the players still need to play good or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Oh but, my God. But I'm just like, there's a reason in the NBA you want First, like you want to be want the, the you want the one seed, right? There's a reason everybody fights for the number one seed. If home crowds didn't matter, if playing in your own gym didn't matter, no one would give a shit about having the first seed in the NBA. But it all matters, so that's a big aspect of it. And as an aspect, as far as like our athletics, that was missing was that mm-hmm. we didn't have any spirit. Like I know it sounds cheesy, but we didn't have we didn't have any of that. We didn't have any spirit. We didn't have any energy. Like the players went out there and played. And that was it. Like. So I, I just, I sat down. I was like, how can we make this happen? And, you know, of course, you're going to get the Howard one around. Go talk to that person. Go talk to that person. Go talk mm-hmm. to that person. But I remember after, because um, I DJed some of the games, um, I sat there after the game for like an hour and just waited for the head coach to come up. And I was like, hey, like, you know, let's get in contact. I have a prop- I have an idea for you. And we ran it. And um, Coach Blakeney was 100% on board. He was like. he understands. But he understands because he was about to before he came here he was at Columbia mm-hmm. and although Columbia doesn't have like the business the you know the best student section like he understands how important having a home crowd who's behind you 100% is and um, so he you know we sat there we had four or five meetings mm-hmm. just talking over okay how can we execute we need a name we need to do this and for him to take the time out of his day, because I know he, as a head coach, like you got to you know draw a play, watch film, recruit, all oh, that yeah. stuff. You know he really took the time and sat down with me and was just like, let's make this work. And you know we talked, and you know I was able to try to find a way to get um, students in for free or discounted tickets, because that's another aspect of it. It was just like people don't come to the games as much because they have to pay 12, yeah, that, ten, fifteen dollars. That's one of the things that's so annoying. I don't. Other schools don't. Uh, exactly. Don't do that. And like I understand like. They can't really sell concessions because of COVID and stuff like that. How all that stuff was coming about at, um, during the semester, so I was like, if we at least can get five hundred kids in free, right? I feel like we'll be okay. Like that, that's people will go. People will go to the games if they're free. Absolutely, people will show up. Absolutely, and that wasn't the case at first. But um, I'm trying to give the full story. Uh, so. Yeah, I talk, I sat down with the um with the head coach and some of the um faculty um who's in, you know who's in the director of like tickets and admissions and stuff like that. We sat down, we had, you know sat on Zoom, had a conversation about like how can we get as many students in here, whether we can you know, I wanted to sell jerseys, right? I wanted to people to be able to rock athletic apparel. Like of course the Howard T-shirts are cool, the Howard sweatpants are cool, but let's get, you know, some jerseys in there. Let's get, you know, some different things. Like let's yeah. get some noisemakers, some Howard noisemakers, something so people can come to the game and really, you know, support. Um and um actually I don't know if I can speak on this. But but now that it's over I can speak on it. So um I knew about the Jordan deal a long time ago. Right. Like um 
the Jordan deal was, was done last year. Wait, wait for uh, tell people about it for, for those who don't who haven't heard about oh, it. Oh, well, if you haven't heard about it, um, we have Howard has now partnered um, with Jordan once the Under Armour contract uh, um, and wraps up in the summer. Uh, this coming season, we'll actually be switching to Team Jordan. So all the you know jerseys and stuff will be Jordan brand. I think. Um, football too will be Jordan Brand too. That's fire. Um, which hopefully means we start getting some Howard exclusive shoes the way Oregon and them Whoa, boys do. That would be that would be insane. Howard some Howard Jordans that would they be got to, that would they be insane. Um, but yeah, so we couldn't really sell T-shirts and stuff like jersey at the time because we were getting ready to hit that transition phase uh, between brands. Okay, okay. Um, and actually was kind of, and that's the thing. Like part of me being a visionary is how can I incorporate the university like my people how can I um, incorporate the student body into what I'm trying to do so I was saying we have so many you know um, graphic designers so many artists so many talented creators who make clothes and stuff what if we let the kids like the, the student body have a contest where they design jerseys right so for like a black history month we have um um, a you know a student designed those jerseys, or you know a blackout a blackout jersey, or you know all white jersey, or you know right. just just different colorways. Exactly to want to support and have the students represented um, on the biggest stage when the lights are brightest. You know who who wouldn't want to see their their newly designed jersey on live television. And you see your team playing in them like that's fired. that'll be a dream come true, right? That'll be something you can talk about for the rest of your life. And that can give you opportunities in the future. Opportunities in the future. Hey, let's add to my portfolio. Hey, look, um, you know, Houston Rockets. I designed my college basketball right. team jerseys for fucking you know Black History Month or right. Martin Luther King Jr. or whatever. Like, right. there's so many opportunities to incorporate the student body that we have here, and I really wanted to implement that with the student section. Um, so I do plan on starting that back up in August. You know, people come out, you know, have interest meeting. Um, so definitely want to get that under the ropes and get that going so that way we can hit the ground running this semester. We'll just, um, from, like, from jump with a full student section. Um, but, you know, baby steps, you know. Thanks. So, yeah, that was, like, the student section. And I don't know if you noticed, but, like, the last couple games – were crazy. Like, I was there. They, I, was, was there. I was loud yeah, as hell, yeah, bro. Yeah. So, I'm like, bro, me and all my friends, yeah. we don't give a fuck. Yeah. We we gonna we gonna yell and scream. Absolutely. We, I mean, we are all confident. We're a confident group, so we, we don't really care how we're perceived yeah, as that's much. The beauty of and that's and that's the that's one of the things I wanted to talk about with the Howard culture. Yeah. People are scared to be themselves. Absolutely. People are like scared to live in like people live in shells, bro, because mm -hmm. they want to. You got a reputation. Be, yeah, you want to I gotta be cool. I gotta be. No, man. Like, if there's any place to be uncool, that is the environment to be uncool right. in because it's the support for your university. Like, at the end of the day, we all playing the same tuition. We all eating at the same calf. We all like no one here is better than anybody else. We're we all not. we all doing the same thing. So you know why not you know come together and support your school? Like, that's such a pivotal thing and. I think a big reason that's why we didn't get as much student support because it was there originally. Like the '90s was there, like mm -hmm. my folks were there. They're telling me you couldn't even get into the games. Like people literally had to go there a day in advance, and if you didn't know somebody, you weren't getting into games. Like that's how crazy it used to be. Like it's a different culture. 
different culture, like used you know used to dance during timeouts, like all this stuff. Like they had a whole like like it was crazy, and then it died off. And partially it was that was due to you know they were no longer winning games. They hit a they hit a dry spell where they mm-hmm. weren't winning games, and the players weren't you know must see. Like now we have players that you know we got E, my boy E. He's like must see like. He's nice. crafty point guard, nice. like you know, we had Kyle. And he, was, we had, he was only a freshman this year, right? Yeah, yeah, he was a freshman, one freshman of the year. Like, so he's gonna be here. Hopefully, he's here for another three years. Hopefully, but you know that boy, he's starting to get looks, especially after that. Um, especially after the uh, the game on TNT, the HBCU Classic game, where he mm. showed his tail and like went off that game. He, he, I'm sure he's probably getting looks and calls now, but. Long story short, like we have musty players now, and we actually, you know, have a winning team. So now it's on our end. It's no excuse them. now, right? So there's right now there's no more excuse, and and you know, shout out to Coach Blakeney for, you know, drafting and bringing those kids in, um, because a few of them came from Columbia with him. So he recruited while he was at Columbia, and he mm-hmm. knew he was coming here. He recruited some of them to come play um, at Howard. That's fire. So yeah, so shout out to him for really building this team back up, to um, you know set the state so we're now the ball is in our court as students to come support them because that's part of the recruiting package as well it's like well okay i'm gonna be hooping putting up 30 at night but i don't want to do that in an empty gym you right? want to have fun you like one thing about basketball is the the energy of the crowd Absolutely. that's that's why something that i always liked about basketball over football yeah was you could actually feel the crowd's energy when you're, when you're playing football the crowd is kind of far away mm-hmm. and you can't it's not as much on the field on in basketball they're right there next to you and you absolutely. feed off of it absolutely you play so much better when people are behind you screaming and yelling absolutely and that's what i was telling uh that's what I, and some people were telling me it's not gonna work i'm gonna be like every kid has a dream of you know clocks winding down oh my do they go up and they shoot a three? It goes in. The crowd goes stupid. Every kid, the every biggest dude. aspect of that is the crowd. Like without the crowd, you just hit a shot and it's just silent. You might get a you know a, a you know a fist bump or whatever from right. your teammate, but the crowd the yelling crowd in your ear, yeah, feeds off and makes you play better. Like so, I feel like as students, we owe it to them. Okay, they're out there winning games. Putting on a show, because at the end of the day, it's, it's entertainment, right? That's why they charge, that's why all that stuff, because right. it's entertainment. So, you entertain, you put on a good show, at least we can do is show them love back, you know, unconditional support back. And I feel like now we're trending in that direction. Um, and I didn't need a platform to do that. Like, I didn't need any office. Like, I wanted to see a change in my university. I'm going to go make that change. Oh, yeah. And I feel like you're kind of transitioning on to, you know, the culture still. I feel like a lot of kids that come here and take these positions or are running for these positions don't really have their heart in it outside of the name of the position. And this is, the, you know, no shit to anybody. Uh, this is just my observation as being here for the past, you know, three years. Yeah, we've seen it. It's we've just like, it. yeah, you have this position now. Now do your end and hold up to it. I don't mean to have a cookie invite. Like, I don't, I don't have a cookie social. I can get Dunkin' Donuts. I can get Krispy Kreme. Let's actually do something to create some change here. Somewhere we can look back ten years and be like, "Oh yeah, I started that." Like, like for example, the student section. If I, you know, I'm, I'm of course I'm gonna stay committed to it, but I want to be in a position where I can pass it down, and in ten years I can come back, and half the gym is the student section, right? Like that's that's like my vision. That's like my end all goal is to create something bigger than myself with my platform, that can you know, 
I don't have to be a part of it anymore. Right. It can run without me. It can run. It can run without, run without you. So Put whoever ne- whoever whoever the next leader is, just absolutely. plug him in right there. And plug it's him easy. in. You you see how we run things. You have the keys. You use your visions, and go. And that's that's the thing I want to see with the university is like you got to get the right people in office who actually can make change and not look the best. You know. I know, granted, it all comes down to who has the most fun and who can put on the best events or whatever, like who can, you know, keep their name going. But if we can get the right people in, you know, spaces to really create that change from a student level, um, I feel like the university can head back to what it was. And don't get me wrong, it, it, it's changing for the better. It is. Like, for example, when HB 24 and 25 first stepped on campus, that whole, like, you know, historic don't touch the grass policy shit went out the window immediately, like, you know, kids started, you know, having lunch on the yard or, you know, having, you know, you know, just sitting on the yard and chilling with their friends on the grass and just chilling with their friends. And it's a beautiful change. Like, it's kind of an inviting feeling. Like, okay, like, I can, there's a space for me to just exist with my peers. You know, right. we don't have to be in a, in a library or something like that. We can just chill in our yard and just relax. Right. And that beautiful change is, it's something that didn't take any office, didn't take any position. They just came and, and did it, and now it's and now it's a norm now. Right, because the thing about okay, our it's our class, H twenty two, who was here last year. Yeah, we we knew about that rule, but we was freshmen, so the rule yeah. wasn't drilled into our heads yet. It wasn't something that was yeah. that we like. I, sometimes I don't walk in the grass because I remember, but yeah. if I see people doing it, I'm like, okay. Well, but, yeah. but it's kind of it's cool because sometimes. You you gotta break some traditions. Absolutely, you gotta break some of, some of those traditions. I know people say don't walk on the grass because because slaves used to work on it. But at the thing is, the thing is, they worked hard so we, we can be. enjoy it. Like, Absolutely, like everything they did. This is our land just as much as it is anybody yeah. else's. You know, like we we gotta embrace that. This is our school. Absolutely, and I'm I'm like I'm I'm glad about the change. That's really like people always give you know the freshman classes and sophomore classes like hate and stuff like that or oh they're this or they're that and i'm like no like they they're actually starting to bring a bit of old howard back as far as like at parties they're gonna turn up they're gonna have a great time they're not too cool to you know um stay on the wall the whole time right you know take a video for three seconds and then turn it up and then go back to standing still or whatever mm-hmm. like they go have a good time you know, of course, the, the immature kings still work themselves out as they matriculate through Howard and stuff like that. So that stuff will work fine. But at the end of the day, they're making Howard a sense of like family again. Like that. I don't know if you've seen, but like they throw like like little functions in towers and stuff like that. And have like the whole floor lit or whatever. Like that sense of like family community is stuff that. Um, well, granted, we were in Drew and stuff like that, so we can't really do that as much. Um, but like that sense of like bringing my class or your class together, you know, as small or as big as you know the methods are, is is a beautiful change. That didn't take any office, didn't take any position. Right. Just people just wanting to see a change in the university and making that change happen. Mm-hmm. So like. To, all, to anybody listen to this that, you know, has ideas and has passions and have things that they're passionate about doing, you don't need an office position to go do it. If you lose an election and you want, you truly wanted to make change, you would it. still make that change oh, because yeah. all the access that those students have, you have as well. They just have the title and you don't, and that's okay. But go still go make that change because the university, you know, it's forever a, a molding thing. Like it's always being molded and shaped into the way the students and the university, of course, the uh, administration, 
but it all boils down to you know you wanting to make a change and making it happen of course you can get the runaround but that runaround should you know drive you to continue and push even harder to find the right people to talk to to make things happen oh, yeah. to make the university better um, yeah yeah bro it's um it's just it's just crazy I think the reason why the freshmen and sophomores act the way they do just the more lit is because they have they have, they was able to experience COVID mm-hmm. and they don't take social experiences for granted anymore. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I speak for myself. Age twenty three, I I wish I knew more people in our class. Yeah, and because we, I never lost social experience coming into freshman year. Mm-hmm. I kind of took things more for granted. I didn't really take mm-hmm. meeting people as seriously as I could have. Mm-hmm. But now a lot of these freshmen and sophomores. I mean, including us too, but they're coming back with this new experience. There's like, we lost in high school. We definitely not. Gonna, yeah, they definitely not gonna mess college. Up. They lost prom, uh, senior skip day, all that stuff. They lost all that stuff. Yeah, so they damn. came in with the with the mentality of, you know, we got to make these four years count. And shout out to them because they they're doing the damn thing. Like, they I, I support them a hundred percent. But I will say this: it's up to us. To teach them the traditions of the university, the traditions worth carrying on. At least it's okay to drop stuff that you know that that was tradition, but it didn't really make sense, and it didn't really. It's okay to drop those traditions, but the traditions that matter and stuff like that, and traditions that need to be upheld, is up to us to teach them. So that way, as much as lit as they're gonna be, they're still making sure they they passing it down. Like this is Howard. We are like the standard. Like we are, you know, we carry ourselves. We ride for university. But we still know how to have a good time as well, right. you know. And that we can we can party hard as much as we want to. But at the end of the day, we still up at eight a.m. getting that work done and submitting them, you know, assignments. Oh yeah, well, we gonna handle our shit. Yeah, we gonna handle our business, but we gonna we know how to turn out too. And I feel like that's the tradition, you know. Like as far as basketball games stuff like that, like back to tying it back to um, the student section, um, it's really up to us to teach them, like. If you if I, if I walked around, actually, I have a great idea, a content idea I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. For a hundred dollars, if you could see my alma mater, I'll give you a hundred dollars. I guarantee you, I'd walk out of there with a hundred dollars because no one would know it. I don't know. N- nobody knows the alma mater, and that's the point. What is alma? Mater? I, I don't know it either. Uh, that's the point. That's what? the point. That's the point. I'm saying is that their traditions, such as that, we don't even know. Wow. Right? And Damn. We, and who's supposed to teach us that? It's supposed to be passed down. That's how it goes. And I think I'm, I'm going to try to get that in the motion where we can do the alma mater before games and stuff like that. For that alma mater before. To kind of just like traditions such as that need to be passed down. Like, watch. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go. I'm walking around for $100. If you can see the alma mater, I'll give you $100 right now. Guarantee you, no one, I would leave scot free. Bro, I don't. Nobody, nobody knows know, exactly, nobody know but me. stuff like that is the tradition we need to upheld and pass down to keep that sense of you know pride within our university. Um, so just stuff like that, like we're we're in a really great spot because we're getting ready to be in the middle of a change of you know head office and stuff like that mm-hmm. with um, uh, President Frederick getting ready to retire or step down or whatever. So it's we're in a real spot where it's open. We have a perfect gap here to really implement the change you want to see in the university to bring Howard back to a place where it's family, tradition, and a great time as well as a rigorous but beneficial academic experience. And it's up to us to make that change. We have a year left, really a semester left, 
because you know that that second semester flies by like that, and so uh. that means, you know we're graduating with cap and gowns. So it's just like we have to hit the ground running, you know. And I have a lot of ideas. I'm not gonna say them, mm-hmm. but I have a lot of ideas. I plan on executing as soon as we touch back down in August to really, you know, turn Howard into what it should be. And yeah, it's up to us, bro. I always say that. If you want change, you have to be the change that you want to see in this world. I think uh, there's a very big culture at Howard of complaining about things. Exactly. We, we like to complain about, Love it. about everything, bro. It just makes everything feel better. Mm-hmm. But I, for, I'll take this for example. Socially, a lot of people are mad that the school, that Howard can be clicky sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, people aren't as open to talk to each other. Okay, if you feel like that, how about you be the one exactly. who talks to people? That's what I do. Because a lot of time I'll see somebody who I follow on Instagram, but I don't know them in real life. Yeah. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to be like, hey, hey. I think I know you. Yeah. Instead of, instead of, instead of waiting for them to come talk to me. Exactly. Then if, I, if I'm waiting, nothing's going to happen. And they're waiting. Happen. Exactly. Exactly. I have to be the one to, to take initiative. Absolutely. We got to take initiative as a community. We need to be like, all right, this not working. I want to, I want this school to be more inclusive. Mm-hmm. All right. I need to do something socially. It, we all we're, we're looking for everybody else, right? But it comes from it comes from within yourself. Absolutely, and exactly like I feel like the the mindset like when we were talking about earlier about how people are one mindset away, one mental shift one away, thought, one, one thought, thought away. away from changing everything, right? And it's just like, you know, what space am I in, and how can I be more inclusive? How can I let you know open the door more? How can I get more people involved? And what I'm doing today, people can, that don't have their sense of purpose are complaining about, oh, I don't have any of this, or I'm not involved in anything. Like, how can I make them feel more inclusive? Right. And once people do that in their spaces, um, I feel like you know the university would be better off. And of course, in a perfect world, you know nothing's perfect, so it ain't, it's not going to happen overnight. But like you said, the change has to come from within, and within, you bro. wanting to be that change, and like. I understand, like, the complaint is understandable. I feel like it's good to complain, but it's not if there's no action behind right. it, right? You need to actively do something. Like, for you, you complained about Howard, uh, how we weren't lit enough at games, but you turned that complaint into an action. Right. and Into a solution. Absolutely. So, I, I feel like it, it's it's very attainable. Like, I feel like, every, like, admission here are people, the staff here want to see the change or everybody wants to be associated with something beneficial right Right, everybody does so it's up to you not you but you know people listening or the student body to really reach out and just be like okay um let's just say i want to incorporate a wild and out event at spring fest okay hmm, how, how can we do that all right i know ugsa runs the i know ugsa isn't part of you know for the student body, for undergraduate student uh, body. Mm-hmm. Let me see who I can talk to in there. You might talk to, you know, the the person at the, at the desk or whatever, and, you know, they'll refer you to somebody else, and then they'll refer you to somebody else. And you just start going up the ladder that way. But at least you're taking the initiative to make the change. Even if it doesn't work out, even if they say no, you've made the effort to make change. That's all you can do. You tried. You tried. And I feel like a lot of people are just don't even want to try not trying they just want to be stuck in you know complacency and, and just say how you know oh, i hate this oh i shouldn't went to school here 
okay, well, how can you bring that there? See, that's the thing. How about can you me. bring this here? I, I view things as when I, whether I was in high school, people complained about my high school mm-hmm. or my college. People complained about the college. People's always gonna complain, bro. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, for me, I try to sit in my present moment and be like, okay, I can't go to a different school. I'm mm-hmm. here. Right. What am I gonna do to make my experience here better? Absolutely. How can I improve my experience by but just doing doing daily things, talking to people, mm-hmm. just engaging in some type of change? Absolutely. Because I'm not. I'm a type. I'm I'm about solutions, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm about solutions. I, I I don't even like complaining a lot because I don't like complaining about things that I can't fix. I'm just. I, I'm just not gonna complain. I'm just gonna deal with it, and I'm going to make the make the most out of uh, make the most out of a situation. Right. You know, and people people don't do that enough. And if everybody tried to make the most out of this experience, I promise everybody would have a much better time. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of instead of being scared to, you know, people you talking about people scared to make change. People are scared to talk to people here. Absolutely. People are scared to like walk up to mm-hmm. walk up to people out of the yeah. fear because oh my god, I have an image to keep up. I don't want. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just such such a clout. Instagram driven school. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's just, it's, I don't know, it kind of makes me mad, like a little mad, but. I can tell you the amount of times I've like ran into people and they'd be like, oh yeah, I thought I saw you this one time, but I wasn't sure if it wasn't you, so I didn't say anything. And I'm just like, I, from on one hand, I kind of understand that, but on the other hand, it's just like, what's the worst that'll happen? You know, you'd be a little embarrassed for like a couple seconds and then you won't think about it later. Like, people are scared to, you know, just interact with each other like you said and it's just I don't I don't I don't I don't get that because like I said we all play the same tuition we all the same calf we all go to the same we all got the same down dollars like right we all got the same eleven fifty nine deadline like nothing separates you from me you know as far as socially you know so it's just like it's it's okay like it's exactly. okay to reach out it's, it's okay not to be the one not always you know receiving something just, exactly yeah. Everybody always wants something in return, but I, I don't know. I'll I'll sacrifice. I don't even know what I'm sacrificing, but I'll talk to somebody. I'll I will yeah, risk a, the possible a little bit of pride and a little, little bit of pride because like at, at the end of the day, fuck pride. I'm a man. Yeah, and I'm going to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Yes, as like I'm going to be. I'm going to be somebody. I'm going to be a leader. Mm-hmm. Leaders leaders don't wait to to talk to people. They're gonna meet new people you know if there's if there's some is there some some guy you know you you know you've been trying to talk to you like you like who, who's like who's friend of your friend you're like i'm trying to meet this dude yeah i'm gonna say what's up yeah. you know whether it's a girl or whatever i'm gonna i'm gonna try to talk to you yeah. it's because but you never know when you get when you can get the opportunity again yeah that's what i say like <laughs> i tell people like being at howard you see a new face you've never seen before like every week like you see somebody you've never seen before and you never know if you run into them again. You you don't know, so, man. So like this this four years is short, man. Take all the opportunities you can because you know it only make you better. Like taking the opportunity will make you worse. You know even if you lose out on something or you know it doesn't work out, you have lessons now. You know how to navigate something differently, yeah. and it's all a learning experience to Howard. So you know people that I mean no offense because I know some people are like introverted and you know don't like but. Being introverted is cool, but you're missing out on so much life and so much experiences. But you look back, you know, and just you don't want to have any regrets leaving Howard or leaving your institution because once you get in that, in that real world, like it's really you know repetitive. Really, you know, you do the same thing every week. You go to work, bigger. you go to work, you come home, you go to work, you come home. Like that, you know. So it's why depressing. you <laughs> exactly? So when Especially you if you're not doing something that you care about, exactly. So when you, while you're here, just take opportunities be talk to that person you know reach out um because 
right now, my, my folks always joke about our my our generation is just like everyone's waiting for someone to make the first move, right? You, she's waiting for you to talk to her. You're waiting for her to talk to you, and both of y'all are just sitting there wanting each other to talk to, but won't even you know meet halfway. And that's the society we live in now, especially with social media and stuff like that. It's really made everybody feel like, oh, they should approach me. No, they should approach me. Right. Why the fuck you don't just meet in the middle and just go from there? You know. Exactly. So, yeah, that's 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 really the state in which Howard's in. Right. That you know we're on we're on a nice trajectory to to get there, but like as I was saying earlier, we have to get the right people to make these changes like we have to get people in the door to make changes um because i will say this a lot of freshmen and sophomores they do have a lot of ideas but they don't know who to talk to yet and um which kind of speaks to um the current staff in hand as far as like student staff like Mm -hmm. these kids don't even know who to go to for their ideas and stuff like that like that's a problem. That's a problem. Like, from day one, if you're in a position, you know, there should be, you know, places to reach out to or, you know, hey, like, who do I talk to if I want to, you know, pitch idea about anything, really. Like, it, it doesn't have to be anything specific, but people don't know, like, a lot of underclassmen don't know where to go to even, you know, put ideas out there. Facts. And that, that speaks, I don't know if you've been to any pageants before. But it, it's funny because they all say how they didn't have something that the last administration said or the last student who was in that position said that they would try to fix. Mm-hmm. Like, they'd be like, oh, when I was here, there was no um, support for mental health or there wasn't any support for... You know, I didn't know who to turn to if I had help regarding like classes and stuff like who that. Who said that? Not not anybody, yeah. particularly, no, but like, but no, just, but like who who is saying like that? yeah, people who are running for like positions and stuff okay. like that. They'll be like, yeah, there were no, you know, um, yeah, like when I was he- like when I was a freshman or sophomore, there was no one to turn to regarding this. So let's say with my platform, so and so, I plan on changing X, Y, and Z. And then the person that comes after them will say the same exact thing. It's the same thing, and then the bro. Same exact it's the thing same repetitive that. cycle. And, same exact, and I'm just like, okay, which one of you are going to start? Which one of you are actually going to build that platform? And it, it's, it's, I mean, no, like I said, this is not to like you know, shame anybody, but it's just, you know, keeping it real. It's just checking like the staff, like students, student body staff. And it's just like, okay, we had the ice cream. We had the DJ. We had the, the, the social stuff. When are we actually gonna get some work done? Where where is this platform? Where is this, you know, section in this in the the A building where students can go and reach out for you know help with classes or help with you know an idea or you know where is this Instagram page where you know people are paired with a mentor or whatever like half the things that people say they're gonna do like right. when are we gonna see that and it doesn't happen like so I don't even want to run for office but I'm just as as a student especially a visionary is just like why aren't we doing this like why aren't we making this change is it because it sounds good or are we doing this because for the title like why are we not creating these changes good. looks why? good on your resume it looks good on the resume but like no, I don't know don't you actually want to do something like don't you want to look back in a few years and Be say proud. I created that I started that I did that like I don't like 
um, in my high school, I started this mentorship program, mm-hmm. and it actually like went through where students were paired with the like freshmen were paired with the senior, and sophomores were paired with juniors. That's fire, bro. And they just networked, and I believe to this day it's still going. Bro, that's so cool, bro. So it's just like, why not create this change? Like y'all have the platforms, y'all have what y'all need. Let, let's get to work and I don't know it's just it's just like it's frustrating to yeah, see bro. I guess I kind of did the same thing at my high school it wasn't a mentorship program but I was part of the first like inclusive community board at my school and Dope. and I kind of I set the tone of, of mm-hmm. what it was supposed to be like because I was always speaking mm-hmm. at events like my friends call me the um Call me the spokesperson of St. Mary's. That's why I went to high school. Just yeah. you're just setting setting an example, you know, for others to follow in the future. Yeah, you always got somebody to look to look up to. See, and I did the same thing when I was, I was a little trained in my high school class, and I needed a speech. I didn't know what to write. I didn't know yeah. what to write for my speech, but I looked at a past one, and yeah. it kind of gave me it gave me the ideas. It got my brain going mm-hmm. to actually think of shit. So really, you know, it all starts it all starts with somebody, bro. You just gotta gotta pass it down. And you just gotta you gotta pass it down to the right people though. Yeah. Those who are those who are in charge, those who are the leaders, have to recognize who the other who the actual true leaders are. Yeah. The people who actually want to make a change. Mm-hmm. You know. But I had a question for you. Yeah. What do you think being a DJ has shown you the most about Howard culture? <laughs> um. If it don't have, it don't gotta be one thing. It can be a few things. A few things. Okay. Let's start off the top. Um. As far as like requests go like for music requests i think a, a big misconception and this mainly comes from underclassmen is the <laughs> fact that you're no longer in your city you're right. no longer in your area That's so right. the artists that you personally know and love that come from your city or was really popular in your city eight times out of ten unless you're from like atlanta or something like that they're probably not going to be known mm-hmm. so they're not going to be played because like as a dj there's you gotta make business decisions. Yes, I may love the song you just suggested me, but to the majority of the crowd, they're not gonna know what I'm it's talking about. about. What the crowd wants. And you gotta look at me like I'm. They're gonna look at me like I'm insane. So like, that that's one thing. Another thing I noticed about how Carter being a DJ is, and this is this is kind of like the entertainment industry as a whole. Um, up to a certain extent, it's not always about who's the best. Mm-hmm. It's about who you know, right? Um, and this is, you know, this is no shade, but just there's better DJs than others, right? There's better places, there's better, you know, MCs than others. There's, you know, there's better dancers, there's better talent bookers than others. There's better people to do the job, but if you don't know the right people at, in particular, Howard. Oh, particularly Howard, then you won't get picked. Right, like, you and won't like, be in the right, and you won't be in those spaces. And you're like, dang, so and so got the job, but I didn't. Hell yeah, I know I could. I know I can wash them easily. I know I can do a better job than they could. But it's not because that you know you're they're better than you. It's because they're more plugged in than you. Right, and that's what I was saying. Like, get behind the scenes as soon as possible to develop those. You know connections to where you are now making the changes you want to see or your foot to the door or now yes, you're headlining this instead of so and so so it's just like um that that's another thing like that really djing helped me really want to get behind the scenes of stuff because it, because it's 
you, you'll start to see like how many more opportunities there are yeah. and how early in advance these opportunities are presented as opposed to when you just see it on a flyer and you know so-and-so's Instagram page to say oh yeah we have this event coming up whereas these you have been booked four months in advance you just didn't know about it because you're the consumer and not the producer mm-hmm. right once you get on that producing side and the behind the scenes aspect um, a lot of more opportunities to be presented to you and this is not just for DJing this is for whatever department you're in um, get on that e-board or if not like communicate with people that are on the e-board and they'll be the first person to you know reach out hey this opportunities come up in a few months like did you want first dibs on it before we leave it to the public mm-hmm. yeah for sure put my name down and now you already locked in secure yeah. well, meanwhile everybody is scrambling to submit their application for this thing coming up because you've already plugged yourself exactly. in exactly you already put yourself there right so um yeah DJs taught me that about hollow culture and um I'll say one more as far as what DJs showed me about hollow culture um it showed me that the times of enjoying music is gone like the times of mm. just enjoying the music dancing to music is just gone. You told me that one time. Like, if they don't know it, they're not dancing to it. They're gonna stand around and look at you like you played the worst song ever until they play a song that that, that people know. And I hate that because I, I'm really talking to this about. I'm talking to you about this before. Like, there's so many great songs out there. Oh, yeah. People used to go to the DJs to find the new music before Apple Music had browse and you can just search mm-hmm. whatever song you want to find and find new music. Like, you had to go to the DJs to learn what's hot. You had to go to the DJs to find your new favorite song. That's right? crazy. You can't imagine that at all anymore. Right? And that art is dead. Like, if it ain't the hottest song on TikTok, if it ain't the hottest song on the radio, it's it's... You're, you're, you're chastised and you're crucified for playing a song that people aren't familiar with. Um, and, like, even by being raised in the DMV, it's like, as much as I love our local artists and I love Go-Go, I can't play that here. You can't. I can play probably two songs, maybe three, okay, four maximum I could play. And even though people won't know it, they'll at least bob their head to it, right? Mmm... Right. And it's just like the art of just enjoying music, even if you're unfamiliar with it, is, is just gone. And I, I hate that so much. So, yeah, that's what that's what Damn. DJing is talking about, Howard Culture. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm kind of guilty of that shit, too. Yeah. Especially when it comes to... No, 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 no hate against anybody who's Caribbean. Yeah. But I don't really like Caribbean music like that. Yeah. It, it's, it's not something that, that gets me lit at a party. Mm-hmm. And people always play the same songs. Yeah, when I'm playing Caribbean stuff, it's kind of um, it kind of gets a little played out for me, and I don't, I can't get as lit to it. But I just want to say, and I'm not saying this because you're on my podcast, but you, bro, you are actually you are a great DJ, bro. Uh-huh, appreciate like that. you're every time I go to one of your parties or events, that shit is always fun, bro. Yeah. And all my friends think the same thing, bro. Oh, uh, like love. when we in here after the party, we be like, bro, we going to only a Johnny shit from now on. Oh, uh, that's love. Because, bro, every. But the best parties I went to this year were yeah. the ones that you were DJing, bro. Hey, I, a lot of the memorable parties I went to, you were at, you were DJing, and bro, there was a lot of man. We went to a lot of trash. Today, bro. <laughs> we we hey. went to we went to a lot of trash, bro. Hey, let me. I'll, you went you went K Doms, bro. I, I'll put it like this. 
Um, it's gonna be a great. It's gonna be a great year. Katie and I are like the two DJs that are really up there. There's, there's um, I don't know if you know who Doobie is, but Doobie is a, a new DJ. She's up and coming too. Okay. But like, Kadons and myself, like now, like we're like up there for like the DJs now. Like it's it's about to be. A great time, bro. I'm ready, bro. Um, I'm ready, bro. Y'all, y'all be, y'all be getting us turned out. You got, y'all just play, y'all just play the, the good songs. Yeah. Play this. Sometimes I think some DJs try to experiment a little too much and try to experiment with like a lot of just, I, I don't know. You, you guys always play the songs that that y'all, y'all just know what to play, bro. That's that's all you yeah. And y'all play like a wide variety of stuff. Mm-hmm. You, y'all will be all play some West Coast stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And when I say West Coast, y'all play some Kendrick Lamar. Some of these DJs don't even play, don't even be playing him at all. Yeah. Like Good Kid, Mad City. Like you'll you'll play that. The, the the best I'll say is the best DJs find a way to make things sound good. I I don't know how to explain it other than that. Like, you know, um, like for example, you might hear um, Mad City. You know. Um, people be like, "Why are you playing this old song from like 2015?" People say that. Yeah, they be like, "Why, why, why is he playing that?" Before? I'm about to walk out this room. But, but <laughs> what? But when you hear the transition into what's coming, they'll be like, "Oh, I guess it's lit." Like you, you find a way, and a lot of it is just like you put the time in. Like, for example, this parties I go to where I don't even like I'm not DJing, but I'm just observing. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm observing. Okay, what works, what doesn't. Right before I even DJ my first party, I have like a notes in my phone all the way back from like September, I mean August of our of junior year. Wow! And oh, it's August of junior. Yeah, okay. junior year. Um, and I would just I sat at a party for three hours, just observing what song works, what song doesn't. You go home and you put that time in. You you find a way to make it flow, make it work, and then that helps. Also, like. I was always the friend who was on the ox. Like, even in freshman year, mm. like, in Drew, I was, like, the floor DJ. Like, I used to be, like, taking showers and had, like, the big-ass speaker. And then, like, everybody would be popping their head out to be seeing, like, what song like what song mm. I find. And, like, so I've, I've always been in the position where I'm, like, I'm in control of the ox. So, like, I've always been growing up, especially, like, in high school and stuff like that, and, of just knowing what works. It's a skill, bro. It's a skill because I don't, I don't have, I, I don't, I rarely use like a set, like a go-to set of songs mm-hmm. that I that I normally mix. Every every party I've done, I've, it's been off the top of the head, like, and once you just find that groove, like, you just find what works for you, and that is just something you just learn over time. So it's all a repetition. Like, same way you you in the gym, like you know what works for you, you know. Right. You know what sets will give you your results or optimal for you. Exactly. So, you just know some time. Right. right? I was telling um, there's this dude I'm friends with. Uh, he stays in Charlotte. He, he might be at the pool right now. Actually, mm-hmm. he's he was telling me he's been trying to get in the gym more because he said he's tired of being skinny. Mm-hmm. And I was telling him, and he said he went, he went to he went to the gym eight straight days. Mm-hmm. And I was telling him, well, that's fire. But he 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 said he got burnt out. Mm-hmm. I was like, you got to do something that works for you. And I, I said, for me, when I started losing weight and I started changing my my life and just adjusting my workouts, I, over time, I would, my workout is not the same that it was two years ago. Right. But I've slowly adjusted to something that, that works for me for the time that I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And in two years, my workout is gonna, probably going to be different. Absolutely. And I'm slowly, I always tinker and twink with it, you know, just, just to see what works for me. It's all about what works for you. What is going to make you work at your best? And it's different for everybody. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's fire that you said you went to a party and it's observed. Because I think a lot of people, I didn't know that type of work that goes into being a DJ. How do you get yeah. better? I've always wondered... How, why, why isn't every DJ just... Why aren't, isn't every DJ just because, good? Because it's about... Like, it's a combination of things. It's like a big melting pot. On one hand, it's um, your love for music, right? Mm-hmm. Which varies from person to person. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, liking music a little less than the next person. It's okay. But if you're going to be a DJ, you have to just put the time in. Like, I was fortunate enough, I started DJing during quarantine. So I literally had nothing but time. I'd spend days and days just in there mixing sounding a hot ass mess but just learning what doesn't work i remember bro yeah bro. i remember you posted on your story i remember yeah, the like the, the, the prototype the, days the, the, the prototypes the, the, yeah. the grind i remember you posted on your story you just tinkering with just stuff like tinkering that with stuff right and you just have to put that time in of just trying things that don't work like you want to get the fundamentals down of transitioning and making them sound clean but a lot of people just skip that aspect they kind of want to just go from song to song mm-hmm which makes you sound like you're just hitting next on the play button. Like, you're just hitting next song, next song, next song, next song, next song, which which is cool, but why not just have an iPhone and an aux cord? Like, that's pretty much what you're doing. But people just don't put that time into really, like, you know, understanding how to blend or listening to the like Like, as much as you want to know every song I have, every song in your in your library, in your arsenal, it's kind of just like, you have to sit down and listen to the music, right? You have to sit down and know or mix enough to know, okay, this is going to go transition smoothly here. Like, this is going to flow into this. Okay, you already have to have an idea of how the song progression works mm-hmm. to understand, like, how it's going to sound transitioning from what you're playing to what you want to play next. And, um, yeah, it all comes down to sound song selection at the end of the day. You can scratch and do all the stuff you want to do, but if you're picking the wrong songs, man, and that's something you either just have or you don't. Like, I know that have sounds kind of boot. You just either have or you don't. Like, like you can you can sit down and observe, like, how people, like, pick them songs. At the end of the day, when the, when the lights are on, the crowd is there, the music is playing. Like, half of the shit you thought you were going to do is out the window. Bro. Unless you have that shit written down or in a crate somewhere. Like, half the shit you think you're going to do, or half the songs you think you're going to remember are right. out the window. Like, I, I have a... I have a folder and I have a music called songs to play mm-hmm. just because there's songs I forget I have that I forget to play right. like so you really just have to spend that time just mixing and learning you know and that's that's the beauty in it you just it's always about learning what's next like right now I'm in this I'm in the aspect where I want to get better with like the more technical stuff so like scratching and like mm-hmm. you know um, working on like vocal transitions for um, so just like you know, using one part of one word of another song to get to the next song. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. So like, um, trying to master his craft. Yeah, I'm in that space now, but also I'm trying to incorporate you know different sounds because there's gonna be less DJs here. There's gonna be more people wanting a DJ. So like different crowds, people so like the Caribbean people are gonna want to have a DJ. Um, the people from down south are gonna want a DJ for their music as well. You have to become well versed, at least know enough to be able to cater to different people, um, which is, which is part of the reason why I say you have to sit down and learn music. So I like there'll be some days where I just listen to Caribbean music all day, just to like learn. But that's a dedication of love for music that I have. Right. Which when I was saying like it's a combination of things. Like 
it won't always be like live when you're mixing but like even day to day like um like last week i spent like three days of listening to caribbean music and i spent like another two days listening to all music from like uh texas or louisiana or florida just to like familiarize myself with the culture and understand like okay how can i incorporate this into my mixes right so i can cater to a little bit of everybody and that's the work that not, most people aren't willing to do to be good DJs. And that's why people are like, I mean, he was okay. Like That's what separates people. Yeah, that's what separates, that's what separates people. Exactly. So um, it all boils down to that. It just comes down to your love for music and how hard you're willing to commit to, like, you know, working on it so it sounds good and it blends smoothly. So, yeah. And there's, there's nothing easy about that stuff. And I was, I was saying... Um, when you're talking about your your you have it or you don't, I was thinking of applying the same thing to my life. Yeah. When it comes to like public speaking, mm-hmm. I think for me, you you can learn public speaking. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, it's something you have or you don't. You mm-hmm. you can become very good at it, but sometimes there's just a very interesting energy about it that that you can't that absolutely you, that you can't um you can't you can't it's it's in you or it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, some people like someone like Obama. He definitely learned how to public speak better, but you can tell that was something that was naturally a skill of his. Something he knew how to command people. Right. He he knew how to do it, and I think you like it's, you think saying it's the same thing. You know, you can work a lot, but sometimes you just know. Mm-hmm. You just have you just know music, or you you know it, or you don't. Absolutely, and yeah, it's it's, it's just it's funny because it's just like. When, when, I, when I tell you, like a lot of a lot of DJing comes down to the the politics and knowing who you know because you you might not have it at all but you know the right person so right. you're on the stage right, right. um even when sometimes i listen to the radio i'm just like <laughs> i could spin better than that like, you know what i'm saying but they they've been in the game longer they they talk to the right people they network and now they're doing radio so right. it's 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 really just a matter of networking as well as working on your craft that makes you um a better DJ and yeah it's just your love for the music your love for seeing crowd the crowd's face when you do that transition you've been working on all night and it's just like that feeling is what drives you past all the BS that comes with mm-hmm. you know people tell you oh yeah 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 we gonna get you on this we gonna get you on that and they never hit you back right. or you know yeah, 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 yeah bro you hard bro you hard you definitely gonna keep in touch never touch never talk again yeah so i've i try to I, I say that and sometimes i don't hit them up but i always try to remember i, I still need to still need to talk to this person mm-hmm. i need to do episode with this person i'm yeah. not gonna lie during this episode i'm i was i'm thinking all right um this is this is going well i need to think i'm thinking of who like who who I, who have I forgotten about that I haven't that I haven't done Gotten yet on the podcast? You yeah. know, yeah, the podcast. Absolutely. You know, it's it's all about you know you gotta you have to be a man of your word when it comes. To, a lot of people mm-hmm. just say things just to mm-hmm. just to be um just, just to just to be nice. Yeah, you know? but I mean, like it's just the the love for what you do will push you past the crap that comes with it. Right, and that's something I've learned um as I've gone. Like for example, I got stood up for a whole party. Like for example, I pulled up to the party. With my equipment, you know, pay the Uber, get in the Uber, go to the party, and the party's not even there. Like, it's a whole different location. I know you was pissed. Pissed is an understatement. So what happened? What Saturday happened to the night, party? The party got moved to somewhere else. And they didn't tell the DJ. Nope, but they had a whole new DJ ready to put at that location. And wow. Oh. Yeah. 
So I know you ain't want you ain't want to work with them no more. Never did. Never spoke to them again. And, and that's that's their loss. And that's their loss. That's their loss. And like you know, I'm one to believe that God would take care of it. Like you know, you wish no ill will on anybody. But right. It'll come back full of circle. Um. But yeah. So the love for what I have kind of just pushes you through stuff like that that makes you want to quit. Because I'm not gonna lie, that type of stuff will make people be like, man, I can't do this. Like I can't have my time wasted. I can't do right, this. Like. Bro. It happens, so bro. I feel the same way with the podcast, bro. Yeah. And this is something that I I love doing. I love talking to people. Yeah. And, and you're teaching me new things about DJing that I never thought about before. I love mm-hmm. learning. Mm-hmm. This podcast gives me the opportunity to learn. Yeah. And also make like also make me teach myself so I can become more informed mm-hmm. into every aspect of life. Yeah. And it's something that I love doing. I love learning. I love just learning about everything. I love asking questions. Mm-hmm. So it's something that pushes me. And there have been times when. When I have doubted myself crazy, I've had people say say crazy things to me about why am I doing this? You know, mm-hmm. it's like who do you who do you think you are? Like you're, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I I know the gifts I have, and I know the value that I bring to this world. I'm not gonna let nobody stop that. that I'm not I'm not gonna let nobody bring me down because I know I know what my vision is, right. and I know that like nobody can nobody can take me down except for myself. Absolutely. And most people won't see the vision until it comes to life. They won't, bro. And and then after they're gonna be like, "Oh man, I know him, bro. That's my boy." Like, how you think? How you think? Like the stuff, even like I said, even with the student group, it's the student section. Um, it it's it's a lot of that. People didn't see the vision at first. People thought I was wasting my time, bro. Like, what are you doing? Like, that's not gonna work. And then they see it, and now they DMing me asking me, "Oh, can you let me into the game?" Well, no, no, I can't. I'm sorry, like. That that's that's the beauty of being a visionary and having like and having a goal and having like not letting anyone stop you is that when it comes to fruition, you can see like the shift in people's mindset. Mm-hmm. Of, oh, that can't work. That can't work. To oh, can I? Hey, can I be a part of that? No, thank you. You you didn't believe. Like you didn't believe. I'll say I'll say for example. And this is like when I'm telling you, like the stuff I'm saying all ties in together. Like, for example, when I was starting and I was pitching um, the student group, uh, the student section on Twitter. Uh, I mean, on Twitter, on my Instagram, I had I had like posted on my story and I posted it on my like my actual page. All right, uh-huh. uh, a few people reach out to me, saying, "Hey, can I, I'd love to be a part of this," um, or you know, I was planning on doing this, and I you know. I um I plan on doing this, but you know I couldn't because of X, Y, and Z. And I'm just like, okay. So mm-hmm. do you want to like work with me or whatever? Like yeah, whatever you need. Blah 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 blah. Never heard from them again. Like people, when I tell you, like people want to be a part of stuff that'll help them look good, bro. When I actually want to be a part of the change that comes with it, or the meetings that come with it, or the runaround that comes with it, or the bullshit that you go through to make it happen. They they bail like they 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 bail they they, they, bail. they don't want to they want to be a part of it until it comes to fruition and then it's just oh can you can I be can I help? no right can I is you gotta you gotta want it I remember I'm not supposed to tell people this but I was a mascot for for one of the games oh you remember yeah do you remember that I, I was trying to figure out who was the male I mascot. remember I was trying to talk to you but it was on like that game was only for the end because there was some weird stuff that happened with the mascots that yeah. game and that, that wasn't that, that wasn't me and my homie that we we, yeah. we, we hopped in the costume in like the fourth quarter okay, okay like it wasn't we wasn't doing the <laughs> halftime so weird are you talking about oh so you, that was you at that one but it was uh, it was like the last like, okay. yeah yeah so yeah, yeah it was dope. yeah it was it was me and um 
It was me and Akil. You know Akil? Yeah, I know Akil. Yeah, so it was us two. Cause we was like, one of one of my good homies was a, was a mascot, and he was like, "Hey, bro, you want to do it?" Because I've been telling him I wanted to do it. Yeah. I was like, "Let me do it." Oh, that's fine. Let me, fire, let me do it. And we we, <laughs> we went to the weight room. Yeah. And we um we changed, bro. That shit was so hot, bro. bro. I already know. It bro. was so hot. I know. Hot as hell. Bro. Could barely walk, bro. I could barely move. <laughs> Barely moved, but Yo. it was fun though. It was fun. Me and Akil, we was we was doing all types of dumb stuff. We was trying. <laughs> one time we started acting like we start fake fighting each other in yeah. the stands. We were like, well, why? Why are the mascots fighting? <laughs> <laughs> bro, it's just I don't know. And the thing is, people at Howard are scared to do stuff like that because they yeah, want to be. They want to be. be cool. They gotta be too cool at all and times. People, bro, me and Akil, bro, we don't give up. Fuck, we bro. don't care. We we just, bro. You trying to have fun? Like, exactly. Me and the Q always say, like, if people get older, they always lose their inner kid. Mm-hmm. It's always inside of us. But people think as we get older, we gotta we gotta start acting boring and monotone mm-hmm. and serious. Uh-huh. Like, no, bro. Right. Life is about people, and life is also about happiness, bro. Yeah, absolutely. You just gotta gotta have fun. Mm-hmm. Gotta have, not be afraid to do stuff because, like, I mean, the Q, we went one time back home for Halloween, twenty twenty. Like we, we we was egging people in um in Calvert, <laughs> and one of my friends I, I told and I told her about it. She was like, "Aren't you guys a little too old to be doing that?" And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Gives a fuck how old I am, right? Like, who cares? Who cares? Let's 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 have a good time. This is something we can talk about in 50 years. Absolutely. Something I always talk about it because it was a fun experience. Mm-hmm. And them, them kids at Cal, we, bro, we I'm I'm not, I'm not gonna incriminate myself. Yeah, don't, but, don't do that, bro. But it was it was a it was fun. It yeah. was it was fun, bro. And people gotta um people just be afraid to have fun. And something else I wanted to ask you, what was your favorite party this year? My favorite party that I've done this year. Um I think the best party I ever did was probably the Q party that I did in Blitz. You talk about October? Yeah, in October. Oh! That party hey, was... We talk about that party like it was bro, um that party. September from Earth Wind and Fire. How they talk about it. Yeah. We talk about bro, when we talk about the standard of parties that we had this year, that that party is the standard. That party That party was, was crazy. A banger, yo. I have never had so much fun. I did not have as much fun ever. Like bro. that was I had so much fun at that party. I'm glad I went. And it was on a Thursday. It was on a Thursday. I remember because it was right. I think it was either before, right before homecoming. Yeah, it was, it was right before. Because all my a few of my homies were here, so it was right yeah, before homecoming. So homecoming, yeah, that party was my favorite ever. Um, because we had oh man, like time of the vibes were there, like everybody was singing every song, like it was fun. It was the cues were doing their shit, like. And like it was, it was a balance because there was an MC there, um, but he wasn't trying to take over. Like I had actually Josh, uh, my boy uh, Joshua Higgins. He was, um, he was MCing with me. That was his first like time like MCing really mm-hmm. for a party. Right. And then like the cues, uh, I think they had an MC as well. Mm-hmm. And he like he was cool wasn't trying to do like wasn't do too much Cause sometimes the MCs they'll try to like run the show yeah but the MC, want too much attention too much to, like, and the MC was cool like we kind of just feed off each other and he was like alright um, let me see if you got this song you should probably play this song soon because the cues like the you know uh, you know stroll to this song or whatever and I was like alright dope cool like let's let's go like let's let's make yeah. it work and that party right. I left that party so happy y'all because. That, that that was a great night. That was a great night. It was it was fun, bro. And I felt like something that was cool about that party was 
when, when the cues was dancing, you know, everybody was having a good time. Everybody was looking at them. But they weren't they weren't the complete main focus of the party. Yeah. I, I think at a lot of our parties, sometimes all the fraternities becomes the main focus. And everybody, instead of having fun, yeah. they all start looking at them. I thought that party it was a good balance. It was a good balance, yeah. you know. Like they had their spotlight, but we also, as regular students, we got to have fun too. Yeah, absolutely. It, um, that party was, bro, a bro, banger. I was hoping you when I asked you, I was hoping you would say that. Yeah, one. That, because because that, that one, favorite, that one, far. bro. We we are still trying to find a party like that, bro. Hey, this I'm telling you, this this semester is about to be a crazy. When I when I when I when I drop all this information, like. In, in August, when people start coming back, it's gonna be a great time, bro. Bro, bro, we ready. I'm trying to go up senior year, bro. It's, we, we gotta hit the go ground up. running. We gotta go up, bro. We gotta hit the ground running. So it's gonna be a great time. A lot of great events are coming up, like some some turn up stuff, and also a little bit more chill stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we gonna we gonna make it. It's gonna be a movie. Um, bro, that's fire, bro. We gonna we gonna definitely have. Um, a great time but um yeah that 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 party was good the second the one i was contemplating saying was probably the midnight brunch one i didn't go to that i'm so mad i didn't go that was cool i love that but i will say my the speakers i had at the time weren't the best so mm-hmm. they, it wasn't as like feeling like i was like in march right Yes, I want to say I want to say it was March. It was like in the middle of this past semester, something like that. Yeah, so I should have went to that shit. I don't know why I didn't. Um, that was dope. The midnight brunch was fire. Um, actually, was that was like my second viral like party I've done. For like, real? Yeah. What was the first? The first one I did was the first darty I've ever done, which was the. 2000s style darty that I did. Man, that was a vibe. That, that was a vibe. That it was hella was, hot, but yeah, it was a vibe. That one, actually, that's a funny story about that one. We weren't even sure if you were still going to do it because it, I don't know if you remember, but it rained a lot yeah, that I day. And people were like, is it still going? It's still going? So the, I thought like the turnout was going to be dead. Like, I thought nobody was going to pull up. And long and behold, that shit was packed. Like, it was so packed. It was, bro. And that was my first ever darty, and I was like, like my boy he gave me the keys. He's like he's like, Alright, your Bro, time. I remember that. Sink or swim. I like, remember that was that was your first something. because it was like right in the beginning of the school year. Yeah, that was, like that was the my, first first few days. Yeah, first, that first was, weeks. That was like my that. first ever uh darty and it was kind of a full circle moment because like I remember the moment like what made me want to DJ besides wanting a hustle was like that first Banneker darty you went to. Like I don't know if you remember, but like it was it was a there was a darty at someone in someone's backyard like down the street from Howard and then there was the darty at Banneker, which was like the last darty before COVID hit. Oh, of course. That one that one oh, went viral. Like that's that, when, we was just talking about that yeah, last week when like Big Drip was like the biggest song out and we was turning up when there was like COVID and then Howard University and then there was like, they was all getting lit to Big Drip or something like that. Bro, they was all Monday. getting lit to that. Yeah, it was Monday. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was that I remember, Monday. I remember that day so vividly. I I remember so many things I did that day. Yo, I remember walking there. I remember walking <laughs> back. I remember who I was talking to. I what I yeah. after. That was that was a good day. <laughs> that bro. was that was so seeing how the DJ had the crowd moving and it was like lit, it was a good time. I was just like, Yeah, this is what this is what I need to be doing. Um but yeah, that 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 night that two thousands darty I did was was dope too. And then seeing it go viral was like so real. I kinda wish like but they don't do it, the people that make the content, they don't really like tag the DJs yeah, like that. I hate that. Like, yo, like 
like I had to go and like find the video and like plug myself in the comments or something like yeah. that. Or like for example, like the two thousands ones, like I got put on I went viral on TikTok, I went viral on HBCU Buzz, on like a few places like reposted it. And then like I had to go like plug myself in there. Or people would be like, Oh yeah, the DJ knew exactly when to cut the song, whatever, blah 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that was me, that was me, that was me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, kind of just put my name out there. Because you never know, like... Bro, you never know who's watching. Who's watching. Like, who somebody, can give that opportunity? Somebody could have DM'd me and be like, yo, like, I have the show. I need you to, like, come. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so you, you just have to keep plugging yourself. But, yeah, definitely. I've, I've had... I've been fortunate to do some some dope events. And I feel like that the Q one was stupid, man. I, I love yeah. that party. Bro, I remember um, K-Dimes. I, I, I like what y'all be doing, bro, because... Remember Kata? I don't know if you were there. I don't think I don't remember you being there, but mm-hmm. he threw a '90s party. Yeah, at the crib, and, and I, that was that was yeah, so fun. That I, I was, couldn't go to that one. That made me so mad. That was that was definitely a party I I, I genuinely missed. It's like it's like that I missed because I had so much homework to do. But and I, I just like how we did it because it was a very intimate environment. Mm-hmm. It, like his, you know, his his crib isn't isn't hella big, but you know it's not small. Like there's right. like a lot of there's a lot of space. Mm-hmm. So everybody, we were just all just dancing, getting lit to old school songs. Yeah, it was fire, bro. We need to do more stuff like that. I think, I think we need to do more like niche, niche yeah, stuff, little like, things, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's the and like uh, touching a few we're things. Black, bro. Yeah, nineties music, bro. That's our culture. Yeah. I'm tired of. Bro, I'm a 80s, 90s music enthusiast, and I'm yeah. tired of hearing Poison at every fucking party. Because we have so many, there are so many other songs that, that are fire from that era. So, you're starting to feel a bit about how we feel. It's like, yeah, we know those songs exist too, but exist too. But you got to know your audience. Your audience don't know them. I, 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 your audience don't know people, that. I, I know, I know, I, I know we, we know more songs than that. I, you think that. I was at a 2000s party. I I, I, t- I did it a 2000s party, and he didn't know the verse to the 2000s party songs. Like, like when people have um these these 90s parties, these 2000s parties for the most part. Like I was Katie's party was the exception, even though I didn't go. Like he was telling me, like nothing was played beyond 1999, right? Which was is dope, but you can't really do that besides with intimate environments right. because. People don't have the love for the music. That's Your crazy. love for the '80s and '90s music is 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 what's you know carrying you know you you know the song, you know the mm-hmm. verse, you know who's this part, you know that part, you know the little ad lib at this part, whatever, blah 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 blah. You know that stuff because your love for the music is there. Not everybody has that love for music, so it's like they know the hook, maybe. Right. They you know they know the beat. They know like the first part of the word, like you know first thing, first first and peace song to feel, and that's it. That's that's as far as as far as that's gonna go. Yeah, um, I, that makes sense because so, I like that shit a lot. I remember I I was kind of on awesome time. But I picked we was playing old school shit. Yeah. I, I played Make It Last Forever with, with Keith Sweat. Make and, and it lot, last forever. And a lot of people yeah. didn't know that song. I, they don't know. And I was like, what? They don't have the they what? don't have the love for the music. Like, so to, now how do you think we feel this? Like I literally go through so many songs during a party and just like they don't know it. They don't know it. Damn, bro. Don't know it. They don't know it. How you not know some of this stuff, bro? So it it, it sucks, but um, well, I forgot what I was saying. So it's funny that she said like intimate because that's exactly what he was going for. Right? Like, because everybody who came it. there wanted to hear '90s music, yeah. so we, uh, we everybody got lit to it. Yeah, so that was we all expected. So like the intimacy was like the goal, like the intimate turn up, like everybody was. And that's the best. Intimacy. That's the And it was a shoot, good bro. time, like and. Um, not to like spoil anything, but like that kind of vibe 
stuff is was coming like this semester like real I'm intimate ready, bro. real ready like just good vibes and just good times because you know like i said we, we all pay the same tuition we all put the same thing like we at least can just come together and just not worrying about you know being too cool like that shit's so played out to me like it's played I, out I, I, I hate that so much and i'm just like yo you are 20 years old man like what are you trying to be mr cool for like bro like no one cares, bro. Nobody cares. Like you, you shit the same way I shit. And like, I don't care. And the same people who try to act like that are the same people who want to be leaders. Yeah. But but leaders don't just stand around. They can't be being cool. cool. People, right. people aren't just gonna look at you and admire you for nothing. If if you I don't know like I tweeted this the other day like a great quality a great great quality of leadership is knowing what your people the people who are looking up to you want mm-hmm. you know your ability to understand them. Yeah. And talking to them and not being a hermit in the corner, mm-hmm. or just just act like acting like you know you're too cool for everybody, you know, like I don't need to do nothing. And some people, that's their personality, but I hate when people here try to act like somebody who they not. Yeah, like you can't. I like I don't know how you can keep that bullshit up for so long, bro. You right. can't, bro. Those people end up growing up resenting not only themselves but you know the 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 decisions they made because like. They realize yeah, that you hit a certain point where you realize everything you've missed out on, right. because you had to keep up this persona who who wasn't authentically mm-hmm. you, you know, and you know as, as unfortunate as that is, you know, some people would have to learn differently than others. So yeah, it's a part got, of life. Everybody's gonna learn their own way, bro. Yeah. So. Some people learn their way. I had to learn my way earlier, you know. So you gotta be the energy that you you gotta be the. You want to be that energy that you want in the world. You got to put that shit out and receive it. 110%. Right. And before we go, I wanted to ask you one more thing. What's up? What? What is your... Okay. Outside of Atlanta music, what yeah. is usually people's preferred... What do, what do people like hearing? Which, which region do people like hearing the most? Outside of Atlanta? Because Atlanta's probably number one, right? Uh, by far. Yeah. So I, outside of Atlanta. Outside of Atlanta... As much as I want... I don't want to say the New York mm. or I can't even say Texas really. But yeah, it, it has to be New York. New York would be a close second. See? But it's about population and you got to think about where you are in location. Like, right, exactly. That, we're on the East Coast. Atlanta's going to be number one because I ain't going to lie. Atlanta's running the, the, the hip hop sound right now. And then you have New York, which is such a huge population of New Yorkers at Howard University. Um, yeah, New York is such a, a big thing. Even though they only like, you'll probably only hear like, um, like six or seven songs. I will say this though, Jersey and Philly are up and coming on the scene. Mm, really, and I'm, and I'm glad that their music is getting the love it deserves because in the DMV, we're we're right here next to Philly. You're right here next to Jersey, so we've always been in tune with like the, that Jersey or that Philly kind of like, like their house music. They call it house music, mm-hmm. or like house or like bounce music or whatever. Or um, what do they call it, Jersey? Yeah, something like that. Um, and their their sound is great. TikTok kind of like, you know, shot up like shot their music like into the limelight up there. But as far as like partying with people, like as Howard goes, like I'll probably say, um, yeah, it'll go, it'll go Atlanta, New York, um, Philly, Jersey. And then, of course, like, you have your mainstream, so your Drake's and your, you know, your, you know, your Kanye's or whatever, like, your mainstream artists, mm-hmm. then it's them. But it definitely Atlanta has, like, the sound right now. Mm. Um, Chicago, Chicago's, 
Chicago can be in that third spot with, with Philly because, you know, you have Nardo. Oh, well, I don't know if Nardo's from Chicago, but you got Dirk and you got, um, like, a few other artists and stuff like that, too. Yeah, Moneybag is always safe. Like, it, it, it's tough because um, the songs you'll touch on on every party is definitely Atlanta. People want to hear the drill. Right, yeah. And people want to hear that Moneybag. But I don't know where Moneybag from. Oh, he's, like, probably Memphis or something like that. Yeah, yeah they're yeah, probably, like, the yeah. Memphis artists and stuff like that. So Memphis is somewhere in the scene too. It gets really blurry around the like the three to four spot because like Chicago and Memphis all like are like right there neck and neck. Um, not necessarily for like the hit power, but just for like the amount of songs you'll hear at a party from mm-hmm. those from those uh, regions. Like for example, like Who Wants Smoke is obviously a better song, uh, a more hit song right now than um, um, like a money bag song right I now. Love Who Wants Smoke. Yeah, that, see, song. that song will always hit, right? And I didn't know it before I came out here, cause during during COVID, being isolated, I kind of I honed in on the music that I like. Mm-hmm. You know, I like Larry June and, and that whole John Curtis yeah. and all that. So that's who I was listening to. I was listening to that rap, and I also love seventies music mm-hmm. and eighties, just old school music. Yeah. So being by myself, I played all the music that I want to hear. Absolutely. A lot of time, I don't I don't really go out of my way to find mainstream rap. Mm-hmm. It just kind of I just hear it around and I like it just because you know that's the culture. Yeah. But so I when coming back to Howard, I had to kind of relearn. I had to get back into that stuff because I'm not I don't be using TikTok like that. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm like more this Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. I don't really I don't like watching videos like I like just like pictures and stuff like just short just short simple, not not simple. But I don't I don't like watching videos. That shit takes too much time for me. <laughs> but. So I didn't know a lot of the a lot of the trending and viral music. Yeah. So coming out here, I really had to learn all that stuff again, mm-hmm. and I learned it from DJs. Yeah. So that's what put me on on the on the latest trends. Exactly. So um, I'll touch on this too quickly before we wrap up. And I really just like to say as much as you need, bro. Um, I spent a lot of my time on TikTok primarily to learn those trending sounds. Like this time where like. Of course, I'm not gonna lie. I, I do watch TikToks. Obviously, they're hilarious. So they're you know whatever. But primarily, I spend my time when they're looking for like the new sound, like mm-hmm. the newest TikTok sounds. Like like Jersey and Philly are really in that limelight on TikTok right now. So like you gotta find like the song everybody just created a new dance to. So that way, people will all of those stuff that they'll be practicing. Cause hey, don't get me wrong. Like your favorite, your favorite quote unquote like Howard Thug or your favorite like too cool person, they be in there practicing their little TikTok dances like all the time. <laughs> so when they hear the song come up now, they're gonna perk up and they're gonna be looking up, you know, see who's watching them when they hit that <laughs> shit. Like, bro, like, I'm such an observer when it comes to the DJ shit. Like, yeah, I that's just, funny as hell. I sit there and I, and I watch and people have been like, you know, acting too cool for a little minute. They hear that, I'll transition to the song and just look at them and then they all do the same thing. They'll look do the dance for a little bit and just be like ah and just playing and go back to being cool mm-hmm. like so yeah as as a as a as a dj you really have to stay stay like in the loop in all like regions um and just like wherever, wherever people are getting their music from wherever people are getting these viral songs from you have to constantly be in the loop of that otherwise mm-hmm. you're gonna get like seem as outdated DJ, which is the worst thing to do because no one wants to book a DJ that only plays the songs from like 2015 or 2013. Yeah, like you got to stay in the loop at yeah, all times. Say, stay what people like. So there are some DJs I've noticed who do that who kind of play the same music from mm-hmm. like five years ago as if as if that's what's still popping. Around. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, man, like the whole point is just you got to stay consistent. You got to stay in the loop. Like keep going. Even if it's one song a day, like 
even if you add one song a day, like you, you only found one song that people were like starting to gain traction. Even if you don't play at the next party you go to, you have it by the time it comes from millions. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like the whole notion of just staying ready so you don't have to, you know, get ready. You know? Right. If you stay in shape, you never have to get in shape. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's all that is just sticking to it, you know, and just staying at it. Bro, do you think that I don't know. I'm from I'm from California. So talk. So good, bro. Do you think that New York music gets people lit? Yes, but like in like in an upbeat dancing type of way. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think West Coast music is more it's more upbeat. Ours is some shit you want to dance to. Um. Well, I don't know. I I don't know. I'm biased as hell. I'm biased as hell. Like when I think of songs like Calvin Cambridge or like. Or I think of songs like um like Mozzie. Like Mozzie is really one of those artists who I don't know. Like I know a little bit about Mozzie, but not too much. Like, um I feel like he's a little bit more on the slower aspect of things, like yeah. like Rimble and stuff like that. I feel like Rimble is more around the more upbeat side of mm-hmm. things. Um like like Opie Greedo, like the like the artists it's just different. Like, for example, like we're just on the East Coast, so yeah, you gotta just understand that our minds are wired to hear music within a certain range is considered like a beat for us, right? Right. So, like that jersey, like like drill music is, like, how do I put it? Drill music is the turn up like sound and speed because of where we're located right the music we hear is bent within a certain range like for example for y'all songs around like 100 beats per minute so like a lot of west coast music is around 100 beats per minute which is um like faster like drill and stuff is around like 70 80 so songs within that range is considered more um you know turned up because like that's that's the range of which it, it, it it's in yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and act like i can't get lit to new york music i'm not yeah but i'm not gonna say all that but i don't know so there, there there's some songs that are just kind of like um it's just well i mean it's not gonna get me lit because i'm, from, I'm yeah. from a different part of the country i, I, get I, it. I have i'm biased I, it, i'm a bias it comes in doses it, for me drill music is in doses because like when i was learning like what drill songs popping and stuff like that. I had to listen to a lot of like you know Fabio, a lot of um, K Flock, a lot of um, you know Pot Smoke, um, a lot of uh, I forgot. I can't think of all the artist names off the top of my head, but just like it's so repetitive, mm-hmm. and like that's why like and it's kind of going a little tangent real quick. Like I song so sad like Pop Smoke died because like he was in the process of transforming New York sound like that deep. Like I feel like he really like brought the drill aspect to the forefront and then he also brought like he also was incorporating how to make like thug um like R&B soul samples right that stuff was fire and he I I love that when he died it kind of like put the New York drill scene in a sense where it's like where do we go from here you know what I'm saying and I feel like someone else will come along and really change the sound um, kind of on the same way that Pop Smoke was, but with New York Drill, it's just like, um, it just seems like everyone's trying to find like the treasure map that Pop Smoke was following, mm-hmm. right? And no one essentially is like creating that new lane. Um, so yeah, I mean, 
I I I take New York drill in doses. It's like I I'm, I'll play like the five or six songs, yeah. and we gotta get out of there because otherwise it's gonna turn into a fucking you know you know a drill fucking yeah, party, and that shit gets annoying. Yeah, so. I remember freshman year, um, first hearing "Welcome to the Party" and all that stuff. <laughs> I used to think it was trash. Like I thought all, it was fire. All, 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 all the West Coast people, we was like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> but but within that first month, I remember. My roommate kept playing in our room to kind of fuck with me. Yeah. And then I was like, hey, yo, it's hard. Like, hey, it's hard. And, and then we hear at a party, we go, hey, 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 hey welcome to the party. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. Man, I, bro, freshman year, bro, that, that, that was our song. That, yeah. was, that, was our, that was our freshman year song. You know, I feel, to me, I feel like it was that song and then The Box. And the Box the came box, out. The Box, damn. I hated that song because that song got played so much. It doesn't get played at all anymore, which is surprising. It doesn't. I actually might have to play that song. I ain't gonna lie. The next party I do. But yeah, you, you um, but yeah, I just that song was for me was the song I just couldn't stand because it was just so it's played so much. It's yeah, they played it a lot. And quarantine kind of killed it, I guess. Yeah. There was a lot of good music during quarantine. Yeah, there was a lot of good music. I always tell my friends there's one song that 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 quarantine like literally killed, and it was it was like a um, it was a TikTok song. It was like uh, the Hit Your Groove song. It was like step step bean round up down up down. Come mm-hmm. here, give me a high five. That song was gonna be a bang, like that song was gonna be like one of the common like party dance right. songs forever but it came out right when quarantine hits so people couldn't really get uh, it circulating in the clubs and all that stuff and now and now by now it's, and now it's two years it's two years everybody's kind of moved on like i played it a few times and people some people um some people are like oh yeah i remember this one i, I could do the little jank other people were just like I, I don't quite remember this one like mm-hmm. not because it's bad because like the song came out such an unfortunate time where like it didn't get a chance to circulate in the clubs and the public right. aspect. Like for example, like uh, the song "Big Now," like "Fuck Nigga Free" is yeah. coming out. Right, like that song's like booming right now. I like the song of the summer right now for the ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, had that song coming out right when COVID hit, probably wouldn't be as yeah, big, right. right? It's just a matter of when it comes out. It's time all, and place. Right, so the timing kind of ruined that song. Um, it's unfortunate, but. Um, like, there's so many great songs that were had the potential to be huge, mm-hmm. but like the timing which they came out during quarantine kind of just like uh, brought it back down a few notches. But yeah, bro, I need to ask about some West Coast shit, bro. When when you play West Coast music for people out here, or put it on your story, mm-hmm. especially like Larry Jim. Yeah, everybody listening who's who's listening probably knows I love Larry. Well, what what do they think of it? What I think about Larry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mm, well, I my the friends I have are very diverse when it comes to music taste, mm-hmm. so we're open to um like we we fuck like we fuck with Larry hard um like outside my friend group though um I don't people don't really like hate it or anything. It's right. just the fact that it's just unfamiliar. It's a different it's just, sound, it's a different sound from a different place and a different flow. Like you used to everybody talking so like um. I don't know, just rapping on some like upbeat and like negative or you know, oh fuck God. this, kill this, so right. that blah 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 blah. And then Larry just come in like nigga, I just had a smoothie and two bunts, nigga, let's go on a hike. Like, you know what I'm saying? Let's talk about his life. Let's you know talk about regular, regular, regular regular let's talk about let's talk about life and himself. And the bounce, like the beats always are on point. So it's just Larry like, and Carter. Larry and Carter. Gas station run? Come on. Uh, come on exactly. So like 
people don't really hate it just it's just different like mm-hmm. it's one of those things where just, it'll be over time where you listen to it more and more people will just be like oh oh okay oh okay i do know okay oh yeah the song is hard and then now people listen to it but right it's just yeah that's one of the hard things about coming to the to the east coast for school mm-hmm. is that you have to learn their culture to their culture mm-hmm. i wish all these howard east coast people could come to the west coast and get used to our shit yeah. But obviously that's not gonna happen. But not, yeah. you know, it's just and bro, I I remember my friends used to kind of be like say things in in the tone of um, I wish the DJs played more West Coast music. Mm-hmm. But I always have to tell them, you know, we gotta be realistic. Why are they gonna play our stuff? It's only like a handful of us out here. Mm-hmm. They're they're not gonna play some songs just to get us five people up in who's from Cali lit. Right. You know, we got to be honest. And I understand that, you know. Mm-hmm. As a DJ, you want the whole party to be lit. Yeah. You, you can't, you know, you can't play. like. And if you play some West Coast stuff, it probably has to be mainstream, you know. You can't mainstream. Right? mainstream. probably like Sage of Gemini. Right. Or, you know, some like Gas Pedal or some shit. Yeah. Or Blow the Whistle. I, I have, I've I played like um, Third World a few times. What? Yeah, i played that a few when? times. Um, yeah, sometimes, like, I have this transition where I go from... What's my favorite word, bitch? And oh. then you, you lift that bitch part and into third world, bitch. Hey, third man. world, bitch. Hey, you play then, that in the Bay, bro. Yeah. Man. I like you. I like you wanted to do a Bay party, but I feel like doing parties in the Bay. I don't feel like I don't. I don't know enough for y'all shit to do it. But yeah. But um. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I I I do try to like sneak in as much as I can, but. The, the song had to be played like really quickly because the attention spans are. Oh, what is the DJ playing? Oh, I don't know this song. I don't know the song. Oh, the DJ sucks, and then so I gotta get in and out of that stuff yeah. quickly. Um, but yeah. Well, yeah, bro. You got any closing remarks? Closing remarks? Yeah, just, just, man. Be the change I want to see in the world. It's y'all don't need a position. Y'all don't need any type of title to go make change not only at Howard, but just in this world, like, just go out there and make an impact. Find something you love to do. Find something, you know, you enjoy doing and just find a way to monetize it. You know, find a way to, you know, fund the life you want to live through what you love to do. Um, And just be more inclusive, man. Reach out to that person. Just reach out to each other, man. Like, be more inclusive. You know, at the end of the day, we all got, you only got each other, so... Why not help each other out when we can? And that's all I got. That's real shit, bro. It was nice having you on, bro. Man, I've been trying to been trying to get you on for a minute, bro. I knew before I went home next week I had to I had yeah, to record with you, bro. We had to get on. I had to, bro. It'll probably probably release in like like July, like hey. July, just because you know, we got a lot of other stuff we we got to release. But hey, bro, I'm glad y'all tuned in. This was a long episode, but it was very very fire, very informative. Y'all know what we say. As long as y'all show love, we'll stay consistent. Josiah, Black Lotus is out.